Good morning, evening, afternoon. Welcome back to the Inner League. Most uh, people's daycare. This is where you come to hang out. We let me and Spags take care of you all day while we hit you with the latest and greatest Yankees Cardinal coverage. Mostly Yankees coverage because Cardinals, as we'll get into, have done again completely nothing. So stay tuned because you're coming along for the ride. Spags to you. <laughs> that our official intro every week now no dude i just I, the the calming nature of it i think that's like a really good like medium like intro um because it's either that or like you we get really like uh arts like not artsy with it that's a bad word like movie welcome to the inner league you know <laughs> starring man chris man yeah <laughs> with special like guest epic act like epic ass like flute music in the background <laughs> it's like why why is this so intense man jesus in a world exactly that's far all. removed from baseball <laughs> two men or uh came together. let's get ready to enter league you know <laughs> it's like two men DMCA came for that together yeah <laughs> <laughs> the inner league we can play around with that I like two men came together and that's what they did that's what she said just leave it we just leave it at that we don't ever say anything else two men came together just every everything in our introduction can just be like one giant innuendo and never address it like just never never call attention to it except in this episode episode 35 um that i i thought long and hard try to come up with a title for this week and literally what came to me was at least hockey starts this week yeah but (laughs) that's because you hadn't come up with uh two guys came at the same time (laughs) yeah two guys came together (laughs) Dude, I if if we if you name the episode that and we get more views than we've ever gotten in an episode, I think we're on to something new. Yeah, so apparently like it's just or a matter of it's it's just like if we want people to listen, it's just a matter of telling people that we do this. Is it? Um well cause it's like I we we had a meeting at work and in that meeting they were like, What what's your like what's your goal for 2021 like what's a personal goal professional goal whatever and so i didn't really have anything like we talked last week like i'm not i'm not a whole big into like this here's this new year's resolution holding not, yourself the standards you know yeah like i'm just like things greater than you yourself know, you know dream yeah. dream little accomplish big dude like that's yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. i'm at don't talk about sell it sell yourself honest. short sell yourself yeah. short big you know yeah, if you have no dreams, you can never be disappointed. Isn't that what people say? Uh, it's a sad-ass moniker. But <laughs> goddamn, that's so depressing. Uh, if you set no bars, you'll <laughs> never be disappointed. Uh, can't fail if you never try. <laughs> like, coming, what this coming from the same podcast that brought you two guys came at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like you can't fail if you never try. Uh, that's like the opposite of you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Like you never miss if you never shoot. Shooting a hundred. Um, but so anyway, 
so I, th I thought about it, like I, I knew nothing of this going on until literally like as the meeting was starting and they were like, hey, don't forget we're doing this for like our fun Friday, which it's cool. It's gimmicky, but it, it, it was a welcome change. Uh, it was something Team to kind of get excited about. Booster. Yeah, 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 it, it was something something to get excited about in the new realm. So it was cool. Like it's like I, I could see maybe if you if you weren't in the right mood, like it could not be for everybody. Um, I'm not surprisingly i'm not super outspoken um you know in the in the professional setting at a in a personal way like i'm relatively reserved when it comes to my i'm gonna say boisterous ass personality uh it's probably more like me just being abrasive and very passionate about what i care about and i understand that what i care about isn't super relevant to a lot of people <laughs> so like i was like ah i'm not gonna force this on you like i don't you know like i like the you know things like the harry potter books were way better than the movies and i will fight you if you feel differently um a lot of people that doesn't necessarily matter to so i tend to just kind of like hey like i will i will do i'll do my job i'll voice my opinion in a professional sense uh but i usually don't open up and share a lot about myself uh from a personal level until i start to develop a relationship with somebody it's like obviously you and i met through work and now we're you know we're yeah no, we, and we all you used to tell me to do is check a like cafe that's literally the only <laughs> word you would say to me all that, day just true. check a like cafe nope chris go back to your chair yeah exactly and so well, it was it for a while it, it was very much that like we were co-workers and that's like yeah we were co-workers that kind of dabbled in the same circle of friends and then now it's to the point where like we're buddies that happen to work together yeah, um, pretty much. so so it, it changes so it's not that i won't we're open up but <laughs> what's the next line of that song <laughs> we're happy we're and, happy we're, and, and we're, we're covered <laughs> give me a high five Shut up, um so anyway so when they were there yeah so when they were throwing that stuff out there I was like, man, like I really don't have a goal, but I'll come up with one, like something that I can I can discuss, you know, something that like if people are asking me how it's going or whatever, I can talk about it. And so it just kind of dawned on me. I was like, you know what, man, like we've been doing this podcast thing for you know a little bit now because this was just last Friday, um, so a couple days ago. Um, so we had just recorded like episode thirty-four, like. We had been talking about a few things like throughout the week, um, just like ideas and whatnot, and just talking baseball in general. And I was like, yeah, so it's like my personal goal was like, I want to grow the, the average number of listeners that we're getting. I dropped my pen. That's really distracting. Um, anyway, so I want to grow the average number of listeners that we have for for the show. And like, uh, you know, a couple of people like in the chat when I put in there, they're like, Oh, what's this podcast all about? And like, so I told them like, oh, it's called the Interleague. It's me and Buddy. Like, just kind of talking about baseball, our thoughts on things, like other topics come up, like kind of general sports related, but it's a very, very, very direct topic to baseball. But there's a lot of stuff that gets talked. There's other stuff that comes up, but baseball primarily. And they're like, oh, cool. Maybe we'll give it a listen. Yeah, whatever. And like, they could have just could have just been being polite, but we'll see what happens with this episode. I haven't paid close enough attention to know if like people are listening to like previous episodes or anything like that um 
but then you you may or may not be aware um so i just renewed our purchase for the the blue gold league my fancy league that i run that you were will hopefully be an owner that in I, for that i won this year that i won i've um, already won <laughs> so, first year first championship so put your ones up put your so ones up 20, everyone in the chat 2020 doesn't get a champion f, f in the jack boys <laughs> but but it is worth saying it is worth saying that that uh and no like because you you're... i won the fantasy podcast by a landslide who... by a landslide nobody nobody can tell me any different who did you take over for i don't know the winning team that's for sure i don't think you did i think uh, i think i i, I, I think mean? i told you that and i think i lied to you dude, for sure i told my mom that i won that league, <laughs> yeah i mean but... we can we can totally keep it at that but well now all the listeners know i didn't win and here i am gloating about it yeah i'm pretty sure you did um, where where's my list of owners there they are um so yeah so year by year yeah so you are technically replacing sam her spot yeah and we brought it home and no um my buddy joe brogan is his team's the one that that technically won now granted this means absolutely nothing as no one set a lineup ever definitely doesn't mean anything anymore (laughs) yeah and that so that is that is the team that my cousin is taking over. Uh, that's the last edition. Dude, I see what's going on here. I see what's going on here. It doesn't. You're not going to have, have even remotely close to those same teams. It's have fine. I logged into that team yet? Do I have a password? You I don't should. know. You know, I lost all my pa- – oh, well, dude. I lost all my stuff, all my passwords. Well, good stuff, good so. news. There's a forgot password on CBS Sports, so you'll be fine. Uh, you know how many times I've had to do that already? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> at least one more now. So yeah, anyway, exactly. so I I renewed the league and I posted something out onto the league, which you probably haven't read yet. Yeah, haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Um, which, is, which is also weird because you should have gotten an email, uh, should have gone to your Gmail email address. You should have also gotten that. All right. Um, checking my Gmail right now. But Live ba- checking my Gmail. But, but basically it was just like, uh, hey, here here's the status update of where we're at for, for t- the 2021 season and throw out a few options for like where where things can go moving forward. Um, my game plan right now, because we don't know what's going to happen with the MLB season, is I'm telling all of my owners, there's 16 of us in the league, to prepare for a like keeper due date in March, a draft in March, you know, probably like a week or two before the season starts. So you're looking like mid to late March that there's going to be a draft. Plan for that. Um, we can either say, yep, this is what we're going to do. We're going to draft. If there's a delay, then so be it. It'll be delayed and we'll play whatever amount of the season happens. Um, and that'll be how it is. Like, and I'll, I'll adjust the schedule to play people within the division first. Uh, you know, whatever, I'll figure that shit out when we get there. It is what it is. Or we can say, hey, we'll make it super last minute. We won't do any kind of drafting or anything until the season starts. But you'll probably only get like two to four weeks notice to be ready for the draft. Um, so it'd be hard. Like maybe you'll have plans already, whatever the case may be. It'd be last minute. Or we can just wait, make no decisions on anything right now, 
and as we get more on the picture of what MLB is going to do, we make a decision based off of that, which we got a little bit more information recently. So when I posted that, I was like, hey, like, I'm not going to make this a poll. Let me know your thoughts, suggestions, comments, whatever. Post something on here. Hit me up. Text me. Call me. Whatever you want to do. Everyone has my information. We can go from there. So only one person has said something to me. Uh, our, my buddy Rob is the only person that said anything to me about this post. And doing that, we chatted for a little bit. And his question was like, hey, have you are you guys still doing your podcast? And I was like, yeah, like we just recorded like our 34th right. episode. And he's like, yeah, I listened to like the first four or five. And then I just kind of fell off. And so I was thinking about it. Like I didn't think about it then, but I was thinking about it like throughout over the weekend. Cause I think it was like Friday that I posted this. Uh, yeah. Cause I think it was the eighth initially. Yeah. It was like Friday night that I posted it. Um, and I was thinking about it. I was like, I was like, man, I was like, I really like at, time when we first started i would post like i when i would update upload the episode i would then post something on my facebook it's just like a, hey you know here's a link go check it out and then i stopped doing it because i don't really get on facebook ever so i wasn't doing anything to drive attention to it and i was like that's probably why he just didn't keep up because he was never going to go actively look for it and the area he was getting it was no longer providing it to him directly so I was like, man, simple enough. Like if we, if we want more people to listen, we probably just need to tell more people about it. And if more people know, more people will listen. Like if no, if no more people know, we can't just expect people to find us on their own. Probably. That's fair. So I was like, man, that seems really simple. So this should be a, a pretty easy goal. I mean, we set the bar really low. I think like our, our estimated audience through like our the first 34 episodes was two um so should be should be pretty easy to 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 make that go in the right direction i honestly think it would be easier to get more people to listen than it would be to get less people to listen <laughs> so yeah. oh i should reset my password live on the air right now don't nice. worry guys nice. You don't know what the password is? So, yeah. Oh, I'm in. I'm going to add a comment right now. I saw this too. I'm now the second person to comment it. Well, the first person to comment was me. Third so. person. Yeah, but you wrote it. That doesn't count. Yeah. So. Really... Well, I, I, I commented it the, the next the next day also. Because I, like, like hey. I was like, hey, keep Let's... in mind that there's other shit that also needs to be figured out. Because like, there's a strong possibility that this draft probably won't be in person. It'll probably just be over discord. Um, cause I don't know if we'll have a spot that can house 16 of us. Cause the normal place that we go, he's selling his house. So I don't know if we'll have a locale that can house everybody. Um, but it's possible that I move in that time frame, and I'm posted up at a spot that I can host. So who knows? I, it might not, it might not be able to host. So that and that's the other side is that like with COVID, everything's still going on. There's strong possibility <laughs> that not everyone feels comfortable being around, you know, 15 other people, which makes complete sense. People got young kids, new babies on the way, whatnot. Like shit happens. Um, 
so people might want to try to avoid doing that so i think the easiest way is that if everyone isn't on board with it i just make i, I would then have to open it up for remote drafting anyway so if i'm going to do that it would probably be easier to just be like hey this is what we're going to do and then also with like my legs bothering me my back still being an issue i don't know that i want to stand at the draft board the whole draft like i normally do mm-hmm. um but if i'm just sitting at home you know, kind of get to stretch my legs every once in a while, that would be much easier. I think you should uh, just uh, stream it on Twitch. And as we're, like, picking players to do what you normally do, we'll just do it all virtual. Um, yeah, buddy. Well, I, I, won't then, need, I won't need to do what I normally do because I won't have to create a physical draft board if we're doing it virtual. Yeah. I, I already have an electronic draft board that I had created. Um, and then you just got to share your screen. Yeah. So there's and the, the fans of the show could also watch the baseball draft. And I, I could definitely, I could definitely stream it on Twitch. Um, but I already have a separate discord server for the league created. And I've already started to like link information in there. So I think either way, whether we do virtual not, or not, not I, in the discord. I haven't invited anyone to the discord yet. Cause it's not ready. It's not ready yet. I'm um, like the main ad like all your discord so well this one won't be (laughs) this one will just be me wow you don't get any favoritism in this league chris we'll see we'll see (laughs) you will get the role of owner and that'll be it damn right well you and 14 other people get the role of owner yeah and then one person has the role of commissioner as long as my majority is more than Jeff's, I'll be all right. Your majority is identical to Jeff's. A little bit more. That's all I hear. <laughs> okay. You, you guys can take that up between the two of you. So you anyway, can take it up with me if he listens to this episode. Then fair. You can take it up with- That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I will I will not repeat it anywhere else. It'll be here. <laughs> and so the only way he will ever hear that you guys are equals is if he listens to the podcast. I swear, dude, Jeff would listen to one episode. It would be this one. And he'd <laughs> yeah. be like... What do you think? I'm not a good friend. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, probably will. That's gonna happen. Like Kelly hears you, so she says something to Britt, and (laughs) Britt tells Jeff, and Jeff tunes in, and he's like, "Guys, trying to troll." Yeah. What? What? You guys talking about me on your podcast? Yeah. What the hell? Don't even bring me on. Don't even bring me on. Try and fuck me. Wow. (laughs) I see how. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I see how it is. You guys are just using my name for clout. I see. I see. What an idiot. Um, so anyway, so upon that happening in the meeting, I messaged Chris and I was like, Hey, I disagree to this goal. So if you could make that happen, it would be great. <laughs> like, you know, we're in this together. Help me, help me accomplish my goals, man. Be a good friend. So we started to talk about like, Chris was like, oh, that's interesting. Cause I had some goals for the podcast as well. Um, so I have started a tab in our, our shared one note for our Ooh. 2021 goals. Um, There, there are pages to just kind of label what they are. And then we would just be able to kind of talk through what that goal, that goal is like any ideas that we have or whatever we can throw on there and, you know, just kind of collaborate there. But I feel like if we say them here, then all of our audience, you know, our estimated audience of two people can also hold us accountable for right now. Um, And I know what you're going to expect 2021. Yeah. So, uh, we, we won't go into too much detail because we don't have a ton. Like, literally, all these pages are blank currently, uh, but there are some ideas that we have. So, um, 
in no particular order. Um, I just kind of thought and threw them down there. Uh, but we would like to create a standard intro, which we kind of talked about at the beginning. Um, create a logo for the podcast itself. Uh, we want to work on trying to have some special guests. Um, you know, just mutual friends, people we know, other baseball aficionados. Um, hopefully this is really a fantasy cool league. Like, so. uh, yeah, see, that would be cool, bringing people on and talking about, like, the weeks. It'd also be really cool to find, like, we hang out, obviously, with a bunch of Cardinals fans, but, like, finding uh, people that are, uh, like, yeah. teams that we're about to play or something well, like we that. Well, we have Timmy, who's, uh, you know, uh, that we know from through through Jeff, that's a, a big Royals fan. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't know how big of a, a Orioles fan Ben is, but there's always that. Uh, EJ's Ben. Nobody's that big of a fan of the Orioles. It's fair. Um, but yeah, we would just have to ask around. Uh, All you do in Maryland is eat crab cakes and football. <laughs> That's what Maryland does. That's what Maryland does. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I have a buddy that's that I was talking about earlier, Vinny. That's a, a Red Sox fan. You know, I'm sure we can come on and hash some things out. That it's always fun banter when him and I chat. So we can we can put some feelers out there. I'm I'm sure there's got to be, you know, uh, we had Manasi as a as a Cubs fan, but she kind of fell off the the bandwagon after they won a championship. She's like, yeah, yeah I'm good. Just like the court, the Cubs organization. Yeah, nah, I'm cool. We got, we one. got it. We're... We got one. We just wanted to prove that we yeah. could do it. Yeah, we just we didn't want to be the only one with that. We're so, moving you know. on. Yeah, yeah even Ep- on even Epstein was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna yeah. finish my contract. Nah, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> we good. Yeah, we're good okay. here, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not great anymore. <laughs> so. Not great. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's a, a good idea in terms of special guests. Um, yeah, I think be- maybe even like uh, di- just different perspectives, uh, different generational gaps. Um, yeah. See how that's like. I have, uh, yeah, you know, I, I have family in New York. I'm sure that like, you know, there there can be some some stuff out there. We'll, we'll use some connections. So I have some ideas. They want special guests. They but... want to come and talk about their love of Derek Jeter as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe. You know, but like like my brother, like it's just interesting. Like he's a he's a big Cardinals fan. Um, but we went, like, you know, when you first get introduced to to the game, like you're not necessarily like you're not just like the hometown guy right away necessarily. Like I know Kurt was like a big like, you know, McGuire Canseco fan. Like when they were in Oakland, like that was kind of when he was young. You know, his time frame there. Uh, so it's just like even though you know, Kurt's only three years older than me, like getting his perspective of like how, how it was like when he got into baseball, growing up, his thoughts on baseball, his perspective. Now, um, is your dad, your dad's a Yankees fan. Um, so my, like my dad, he's more like, I would say he's more just like a general baseball fan. He probably roots for the cart. Well, he, I, I shouldn't say he roots for the Cardinals. He likes to hate on the Cardinals. Um, <sighs> but it's he, you know, he, average fan. He's happy when he's happy when they do well. Um, like he he would like to see the Blues win a championship, but he's really like I was like football is his jam. Um, he was a, a big Giants fan. Uh, he was a big Rams fan when they were here. But you know, growing up in New York, like he was a big Giants fan. Yeah, he could be a Bills fan all day. He could 
could be a Bills fan. I think that that's a little sacrilegious, you know. Although the Bills are the only team that play in New York, so yeah, but yeah, I guess there's something there. Football stats at the interleague, nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, that's true. A lot of people don't associate Buffalo with New York, but they are actually the only football team that plays in in the state of New York. Both New York teams play in New Jersey, technically. So, there's some knowledge for you. Dropping it. Dropping it. Um, uh, We would like to, and this goes along the same line, but I I view a special guest as like someone that we know. um, But we would also like to book an interview. So, like, get someone on the show that, like, from a professional sense... Um, you know, someone just like in the realm of baseball, like, I don't know whether it's another fellow podcaster, um, a local reporter, you know, someone that just does some work for like a smaller, like Cardinals beat website or any organization kind of thing, whatever. Uh, but I think like just trying our hand at that, um, maybe, you know, the special guest stuff can work as kind of like an interview and we get some practice runs cause I've yeah, never yeah. interviewed anybody like in this kind of setting like i've interviewed people for like a job but i feel like a job interview is a little bit different than you know this sort of interview maybe i'm wrong maybe it isn't that different what are your your views on the shift yeah um so so things of that nature are that that aspect like so get some buddies on special guest type thing but then book an interview i think that that would be cool um obviously increase the average listeners like we were talking about where this all started and then we want to try our hand at recording ads um we we utilized anchor.fm like my my cousin turned me on to it it's free worked out great um there's like a little ad thing that you can do for them you can do for other shit as well um i guess that's that's how you would generate revenue but neither one of us are really doing this for the money um it's more for the fun of it, but recording ads sounds like it could be fun. Yeah, I think it'd just be fun to do it. It's sh- honestly shitty for the listener experience because nothing I hate more than like when it just an ad pops on. But if it's, I don't think they'll. Be, I'll, I guess it'll always be our ad that pops up, right? That we record. Uh, like, yeah. Think... So as you, I would hope. Yeah, as you put them in, like as you upload the videos. Or upload the videos as you upload the file um like the audio file you can pick like where like what ad you want to load as well so yeah. we we would be able, like if we have a handful we would just mix and match i assume um my thoughts and i think we've talked about this before is that it would be like uh like we have our agenda so like if we're if we know we're going to talk about some yankee stuff we're going to talk about some cardinal stuff it'd be like all right we go through all the yankee stuff and then it would be like all right like we're going to take a quick ad break we'll we'll be right back you know after this and we'll get into the cardinal stuff and then the ad would play and then we'll come back in and it's like we might cut the recording pee break refill our drinks come back down and get back into it so it might be like a five ten minute break um but it would be you know 30 seconds while the ad plays and then you would just upload the second portion so it's pretty seamless um there's a handful of of podcasts that i've listened to that they also utilize anchor because it's like one of the ads that play for them and how they got into it and they're they're kind of all over the place um 
but they, it's just all like the people doing the podcast that also record the ad. I don't know if it has to be them. Um, I know we have a couple friends that would probably enjoy doing stupid ad bits um, and coming up with like some creative way to, to pitch different companies. Um, that that's just like they're creative in that regard. So maybe maybe we. What did uh, did you ever watch uh, Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory? Mm-hmm. What the episode where he's like the the jingle the jay-z of jingles or whatever and he's like give me anything and i'll create a jingle about it uh i don't know if you remember those episodes i did not remind me he was like he ended up making a jingle for like some like handheld gaming device he like got a deal out of it um <laughs> a typical rob Deerdeck, you know like nice. yeah, the, always something into money the main <laughs> thing that i remember from that is when he would always be he would personify bobby light yeah, Bobby Light, Bobby Light. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, dude, that's classic. To have that kind of money, that's that's the level that I want to get to. Like, I'm just going to have this, like, factory that I have all this crazy childish shit in because that's what I want, and I can afford it. Bike sweet, dude. Right, because I, I don't want to just sit at my cool house all day. I wanna... Yeah, I want to go dick around somewhere else, too. <laughs> okay got it cool 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 yeah um uh, yeah but so goals like yeah i'm pretty excited for the goals um especially just in general as we i think I, we talked about it but I, I we took it pretty seriously we've only taken a couple breaks which i think is fair especially for people that like have full-time lives um and they're just starting off and um I've just started, so I, yeah, I think we just improve a little bit in 2021 here, and uh, yeah, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, heard. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm looking at it. So if we were to record every Monday right now, I think we would hit like episode 49 on April 19th. So we would have taken three weeks off. Mm. And the uh, in the first year, because April 20th was our, our first recorded episode of yeah. 2020. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty good. You know, 52 weeks in a year, 49 yeah. episodes, one a week. It's, I think it's pretty it's consistent. Pretty, yeah, especially, like, some of them, man. Like, we, we oh. came up with some good content at the beginning. Yeah, I, I, at least I thought it was good. I know one's heard I, it, so no one's been able to tell us, but... True. But you know, whatever. It it's it's getting there. Um Yeah, I like it I might like it better than some of our current content only because like at least talking about the Cardinals in the old days for me, at least I could like look up stuff like find interesting news like new stuff maybe I didn't know or yeah, just like it was very educational. Like, it up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now like uh, which I also don't mind just because like time and stuff, but like I just like there's even when the Cardinals do have something to talk about, we know what it's it's going to be, and it's either going to be good or bad. That's going to last like one episode, and then we'll probably be back to um, really just hoping spring training starts fairly soon. Yeah, I mean, it, and we're not far off from it in all honesty. Um, so, I mean, baseball will at least have the advantage that they ended on time. So, whereas like baseball and hockey started months late and they're having a shortened season now. 
Um, whereas like hockey's still going to finish up at the same time frame, but they're going to do, uh, what is it? They're, um, eight games against seven opponents. Was that 56 games? So they're playing like 30 games less than they normally do. Um, so a little more than half a season, um, that got cut because they wanted to do the playoffs the way that they did, which made sense. Like I completely got it, but the, the finals ended like a month before the regular season would have initially been slated to start. So there's no way that like, you were going to be able to ask Tampa Bay to turn around and do anything like that. Um, so I think, so I think baseball will at least be like, Hey, like there, there's more, it's more prominent. Like, um, there's not going to be as much influence and like nonsense where like COVID shutting things down for weeks and weeks at a time. I think that they will be better in the flow that where things are. Uh, cause I think that they'll have like, I think testing's in a better place than what it was. Um, protocols will be a little different. Um, vaccinations will probably be a little more widespread, um, at that level by the time the season starts up. Cause we're still, you know, three months away, two and a half months away from opening day. Uh, so we'll see. Like, I, I think that it'll start to get better. And then we'll also have, you know, like, obviously it'll be relatively limited with what what we'll probably discuss in terms of, like, where our head's at in fantasy um, initially. But, you know, we'll, we'll be able to like, have that as, like, a segment all the time. Like, this is what's going on. Like, this, this is this is the moves that I made or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, we can give it some love here or there. So I think it'll, I think the content will become easier for sure, but we will, but, but ideally like the off seasons will look like the, the unexpected break we had when we first started recording, hopefully global pandemics don't become a norm. (laughs) And then, and then because we're still in this pandemic or I guess, I'll, I'll say we're in it. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's subjective. Like it's still going on. Like it seems to be under better handle than what it was before. And then at times it doesn't. So I don't, I don't really know. It just depends on, I guess what you want to buy into, but either way, the, the term COVID is still impacting everyone's everyday life. So because of that, there's still a ton of uncertainty and a ton of unknowns. I think if it gets to a point where fans start to be able to attend games this season, then 2022 looks that much more normal um, teams will have revenue that they know what they're dealing with. Um, I think that it's understandable to an extent that there are some teams that are seemingly waiting to address needs. Um, the NL doesn't know if they're going to have a DH or not still, which is fucking crazy to me. Um, you feel like, and there, and there's really not even conversation about whether they're discussing these things or not. Like that's, I think that's the more crazy part. I would not think they're discussing much. Like, I thought they weren't discussing much because it was more or less like um, with the CBA, like I, I thought both sides didn't really want to agree. I thought they just wanted to figure out how long the season was going to be and figure that stuff out before they got well, into it. again. No. And, and I, I think that that's fair. And I, I know you were reading something that like what Manfred came out and said, like expect spring training to start in normal time, expect to play 162 games, you know, everything like that. Which I, which I guess is great news because the, and the players all along, they were like, yeah, we want to play 162 games and we just want to play at normal pay. Like just 
pay us what you're going to. We'll play the games that we said we were going to. Let's move forward with it, and it'll be fine. It's the owners that are like, well, we only want to do a full season if we can have fans in the stands. If yeah. fans can't attend, and we're going to we're gonna lose all this money, you know, i.e. we're going to make less money, then we want to hold off and delay the season until we know more about whether, you know, when fans are going to be able to attend. Which I think delaying it all is going to be bad for business. Um, you know, so so that that side of it, like I I get it, but at the same time, like you know, part of the things being talked about, like Marcelo Zuna had signed a one-year deal with Atlanta, and he still hasn't re-signed anywhere, and Atlanta hasn't looked at bringing him back. Well, Atlanta doesn't need him to play the outfield. So do you really need to add someone like Marcelo Zuna for, you know, somewhere between probably 15 and 20 million a year to be a, a, a you know, power hitter, you know, right-handed bat coming off the bench, working as kind of like a platoon outfield for you when you didn't utilize him in the outfield at all last year because you had the DH capability. So it's like, do you want to bring that guy back, especially because you lost out on revenue sales last year? So you're trying to save money. Seems like not bringing back a guy you don't need, you know, and then it's like uh, teams like the Nationals, like they just signed Schwarber. So it's an okay signing if Schwarber's going to be your everyday left fielder. Like he's not that great defensively. His bat was terrible last year. His bat could be better. But if you can get Schwarber as your DH and you don't have to play him in the field, that's a significantly better signing. So like I could see teams holding off to like, if the Nationals wanted to try to add another piece, they're limited in what they're wanting to do because if they don't know if there's going to be a DH or not because they don't know the rules of the game they're going to be playing, which is crazy to me. Like, how yeah. how that could be baseball's approach is that, like, we're it's uncertain. Like, unless the writing's out there and, like, it just hasn't really been reported on that the owners have been, like, we're playing it as is like baseball isn't it it's going to be as the cba states for 2020 or for 2021 expect that but if that's the case then why aren't teams doing that you know like if if that's what the owners are saying then why aren't the owners making it clear that like we know we're not going to have fans we know we're playing 162 games with full pay to our players we know we're not going to have extended playoffs we know there's no universal dh so we know all of these things, and that's why we're being quiet in the market. But like that, that information isn't being shared, so it makes me think that that isn't necessarily the case, that there's still unknowns. And how there can be unknowns when you're two months away from reporting, you know, when you're a month away from pitchers and catchers starting to report to spring training, how do you not know the rules of the game you're going to be playing by? Yeah, I think it's just a minor thing, right? Like, you just have to operate that you're not going to have that. And, I, again, last year, like, it wasn't like the NL was given some, like, extraordinarily amount of time to, like, sign DHs and deal with getting DHs. Like, it really just allowed the NL to have really, like, play an extra guy, um, get him rest in different scenarios. Like, no, really besides, like, Atlanta, who ended up using – Marcelo Zuna a lot in the uh, DH spot. I think there's probably only a handful of more teams, if that, that probably even had like a legitimate DH. They might have used the same guy most of the year, but it isn't like the DH that like 
you would think of a team would having that like could have a DH. Right. So but that that to me makes for a shitty playing experience. Like yeah, you're like the the same type. Isn't of it scenario. better than isn't it better than the pitcher hitting currently? Oh, right? for for sure. Even if I let Matt Carpenter hit uh, DH every game, I probably still get more production out of that spot than I would a pitcher. You know. So. Oh, for sure. Like I, I'm all for the universal DH. Like it, the the game should have been played by the same rules for each league a long time ago. The fact that it was ever different is dumb to me, in my opinion. Um, e- even if back then, like when it was a bigger thing, like just why would why was the creation of the dh there and then if you were going to play with the dh like why wasn't it just adapted into both leagues so it it doesn't and i get that there's a long history for it, it just didn't make sense that you're both in the major league baseball but you play by a different set of rules it's dumb that that it's got to be the only league that that exists you know it would be like the nba being like hey like our you know in, in our games in the western conference every time there's a foul it's automatically two free throws not hey, every time, you know, every time you play the Lakers, you have to wear Kobe's jersey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it's just like, it's, it's weird. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, so there's, yeah, I get uh, you. It's different. I just don't, I, I just don't think like it, I don't think teams should be held up on it. I think NL teams will figure it out. And if it's last minute again, it's last minute again. It what it what it really sucks for is not the team so much as the players that are currently like sitting on like not signing. Well, they're probably not signing for financial reasons from teams, but teams also like aren't like in a huge rush to like go out and get these players either. But like some of these players are like, well, I don't really want to see where my market's at unless I can have more teams bidding on me. Um, so I think it sucks for them to not be able to like realize like where is my paycheck going to come from next year? Where am I going to play? Where does my family got to be? What are those things I got to do? Right. Uh, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like that baseball world, like you just have to be ready to like get up and move like on a whim, you know, they might trade you oh, two weeks after they sign you and you're in the middle of getting your shit together anyway. So For it's sure. like not like the end of the world, but it's just a shitty situation. Correct. And, and that's more my stance is that like, yes, it is. It is a part of the game. It is a thing that's kind of ever present, you know, like the Nelson Cruz scenario. He's clearly not playing the field anywhere. He's only going to DH. So if there's no universal DH, then there are 15 teams that were potentially going to abide for, you know, bid for services. If there is a universal DH, then there are 30 teams that will bid for services because he would be an he would be an improvement for any team if he is your everyday DH without without a doubt for probably every team out there. Um, I get that there are teams that have power hitters in their DH spot, but I'm just going to say Cruz is one of the better hitters in the game for terms of power, just collectively over like the last three seasons or so. He is another year older, so who knows what you're going to get. But even like Stanton, I Nelson Cruz is probably going to be have a better season than Stanton because Stanton's probably only going to play like 25 games. Um, so it's just it's the the way like knowing how the makeup of your team's going to be. Um, it is a a coach knowing like, hey, do I need to work with like all right, like should should I be drilling Edmund to be our everyday third baseman or is he our everyday second baseman because Carpenter's gonna be playing third? Well, because if we have the universal DH, are we just going to take Carpenter's glove off the field and we'll move Edmund to third and we'll have Sosa be playing second? 
Um, or do we want Edmund to play second? And I'm going to have Sosa play third, and he's going to split time with Carpenter if there is no DH. But if there is a DH, then Edmund will just be the everyday third baseman, and Sosa will play second. So it's like making those decisions to know what your roster makeup looks like, even if you aren't going to add anybody else, it still changes things completely because it's a glove you're taking off the field and you get to keep his bat in the lineup like Schwarber or, you know, something along those lines. Like, and, and it's just half the league that has that disadvantage, which is also dumb. So there are 15 teams that don't have that hurdle in their way. Like they just know we're going to have a DH. Um, and then on, on the, the, like, the, the bigger aspect is, like, did they not see how detrimental it was when they made changes after the season started later in the year? Like, when they were like, hey, we, like, the trade deadline has now come and gone, but just so you know, we're going to bubble for the playoffs, and there's going to be no off days until the World Series. So for a team like the Yankees, that weren't very deep in terms of pitching. Well, if they would have known that at the beginning of the season or at the trade deadline, maybe they would have traded for a like for a pitcher. Maybe they would have went after Robbie Ray at the trade deadline. Maybe they would have went after Taiwan Walker at the trade deadline had they known that they were not going to have any off days and their bullpen was going to get taxed. So they went into it expecting the games to work one way, and then it got changed because they decided to bubble for the postseason in September. Like, less than a month before playoffs started, they changed the format of the playoffs. That doesn't work. Like, you can't do that. They're always out to get the Yankees, dude. Oh, and, and it isn't just the Yankees that were impacted by it, but uh, it, it's just most prominent to me. You know, like, um, it, you know, so it it's it's the equivalent of, like, oh, man, like, we, like, it's, it's unlucky you know, because it was out of their hands. Like, the Yankees didn't have any say in whether or not MLB changed it. Just like, oh, man, if someone gets hurt, like, it's just out of your hands. Like, tough break. Like, that sucks. Do I think it made a difference for the Yankees? 100%. Like, I think if that five-game series has off days, that series looks a lot different. But... Do I do do I think they win? Not necessarily. I mean, you're you're probably only seeing Glasnow, Snell, and Morton in a five game series. You're gonna see Snell and Glasnow twice. Um, but it's not it's not Cole pitching on three days rest in game five. It's Cole pitching on normal rest in game five. You know, so like it it's. It just feels different, you know, or maybe he pitches on short rest in game four and, you know, you're you're at a spot where you're looking to potentially clinch, you know, or whatever. Um, so. So who knows? It, it just it changes it. And they the teams weren't operating under that expectation. It's like when you were putting together like, OK, here's our last chance to make trades. They didn't know like there was knowledge that then was altered in that and it, it's just like all right well you know we're we're the we're we're the golden state warriors and we live and die by the three and then we find out you know going into uh going into the playoffs like you only can score x amount of points on three pointers 
You know, and it's like, ah, uh, wait a minute. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> like, we didn't know that the rules of the game were going to be, like, the, the format is going to be played differently. You know, uh, what the hell? So it's... Uh, may I excuse you? Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. So, now that we have hit almost the 50-minute mark, we've talked about some stuff that's on our on our agenda, but mm-hmm. haven't really gotten much to our Yankees and Cardinals. There were some stuff, not a whole lot of movement or anything like that, but some, some interesting aspects that I think are, are at least things worth discussing for our teams. Um, so we can start to, to run through those. Um, so I guess most, most prominent for the Yankees is a report that came out today that is saying that DJ LeMahieu is kind of in dismay over how slow things are going with the Yankees and that he is open, uh, opening discussions with other teams. Um, Mm. yeah, I guess I could, I guess I could understand it. It, It's moving slow for me too, DJ. So I get it. Um, I'm also growing impatient. Um, when you're waiting for that million dollar payday, multi-million dollar payday, I imagine it's even longer. Um, and I get you, you have a number in mind and you want someone to hit it and God love you for, for holding on to it and sticking your guns. I can respect that. However, I feel (laughs) like this is a ploy from his agent or him or whatever to try to light a fire under the Yankees asses because we have heard numerous occasions of other teams already talking to LeMahieu, so this isn't anything fucking new. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, you, you've you already fielded offers from other teams. Other teams have already told you what it's about. The day you hit free agency, your agent got calls from more than just the New York Yankees. This isn't new. You weren't like, no, exclusive with the Yankees. I don't want to hear from anyone else. Don't talk to me. That is not how it happened. That's not what was going down. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> no. So, um, the Yankees added, I I don't know, they made some additions to the roster. You could call them depth moves. Um, I think it's lightning in a bottle. Like, they're hoping that maybe someone just wows them in spring training, you know, what, whatever. I don't, I don't know. So they, they traded for, for Greg Allen, who was an outfielder with the Padres last year. Um, I think he also played with Cleveland maybe in 2019. He's always just kind of been like a platoon outfielder. He's a switch hitter, more known for like pretty high end defense. Um, not detrimental to plate, but not great. Um, probably really would just be a guy that's like a potential like late inning upgrade for defense, similar like what they use like Mike Talkman for right now. Um, some of those lines. So nothing, nothing flashy. He may not even make the roster. Uh, the trade happened whenever the Padres designated him for assignment, and they were able to deal him. They traded him for like some aging relief pitcher that hasn't even sniffed major league time in the Yankee organization. So nothing crazy. Probably like the, the move for Greg Allen was so irrelevant. The Yankees are still talking about re-signing Brett Gardner. 
<laughs> so, so uh, for for a team that has Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge, and Stanton as their DH, so you have four outfielders expected to be in your everyday lineup that all are capable of playing the field without much of a problem, and you just added you know, like you and you still have like Talkman. And you just added this Greg Allen guy, but you're thinking about signing another guy that's probably going to be, you know, somewhere from five to ten million for uh, like a one year deal, two year deal, something along those lines. You you probably aren't putting a lot of eggs in the Greg Allen basket um, if that's still mm-hmm. what you're looking at. It's probably just like, hey, here here's a thing. Maybe maybe this will be better. So, you know, maybe we can have him come off the bench for like a little speed update, you know, upgrade. Like if judge or Stanton gets walked late in the game and we don't have to worry about their calves fucking blown up on them or whatever. Um, on the other side of that, they, they had signed. Um, I think you had said something to me because they had offered a minor league contract, uh, Socrates Brito. Mm. Um, yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Socrates? Yeah, so so I think they were looking at him, but I think they finally agreed to something, and it's just a minor league deal, so no no forty man roster spot or anything like that. It's basically it's like a invitation to spring training kind of thing. Um, but I think with it being a minor league deal, like they could put him at AAA, and like he doesn't have to clear waivers or anything like that. I like guess not a major league contract, so they don't have to give him a spot on the major league team. Some something is how that works, but. Along with that, which I think Brito is uh, an outfielder, maybe? I forget where he plays. Um, apparently pretty highly touted prospect at one time, but has just never really found success in a couple stints at the major leagues. Um, I think he was last up with like Arizona in like 2018 or something like that. Um, so whatever. Um, they signed Tyler Lyons to a minor league deal, who pitched mm. who pitched one in one game with the Yankees last year. Um he out of the bullpen, he pitched one and two third innings and he let up six uh, let up four runs in that in that outing. Um not good. Um most people listening or you probably know him from his time with the Cardinals. He's really good against lefties. He's really bad against righties. Um, in a world with a three batter minimum, Tyler Lyons is probably done being a relevant pitcher in the major leagues. Tyler is your guy, dude. You're um, gonna like him. Dude. No, I, I probably won't. Probably <laughs> won't. Um, he, so we have two of the best left-handed relievers in baseball. Um, don't really care for another one. Everyone needs a day off, Spags. Everyone needs a day yeah, off. Yeah, that's dude. why we have Chapman and Britton. That's why you got Tyler. That's why we have Adam Adovino. You know, like if we if we were that hard up for relief pitching, Tommy Canley would still be a Yankee. Nah, dude, he's got Twitch streams to deal with. He's, he's yeah. big time now. Yeah. Um. So not not thrilled about Tyler Lyons. Whatever. Uh, could be lightning in a bottle if he makes the club and he has a great year. Awesome. But I'm not. I don't Put feel any better. Camera. I don't feel any better or any worse about our chances to win the World Series with Tyler Lyons Fair. being on the team because I don't think Tyler Lyons will pro- he will probably only play Major League Baseball if someone were to get hurt or there's a deal that comes along that like we just it's too good to pass up kind of thing. Like that there's Fair. just a spot happens to open him up open up for him. 
Um, and then the other one is, uh, I think it's Julie's Chassin is how you pronounce his first name. I don't mm. know. Um, right-handed veteran, starting pitcher, pitched for, in Colorado for a little bit. I don't know if that's where he was most recently. Uh, numbers are not good of late. Uh, struggled for like the last two or three seasons. Um, when he first came onto the scene in Colorado, he had pretty decent numbers. Um, I think he probably struggled because he was their ace for a while. Um, not like I'm not a good rotation, like not a good Rocky team. Uh, <clears throat> so again, like minor league deal could be a good, like number five starter could make some spot starts here or there for the Yankees. If they need to give a guy a break, um, if they want to give Garcia and, you know, the, you know, Montgomery's and the young guys an extra day here or there, you just, hey, we're going to call you up and then we're going to send you back down after your start. And thanks for the hard work. Um, could end up that he ends up being pretty stellar. Uh, you know, he get he becomes your, your starter every fifth day. He is serviceable and he helps you get through a long season that is baseball. But again, not not the answer. Like, I don't think our it, it that's the only thing that I consider a depth piece. Like, I think that Chassin is a better option than just a lot of the no name guys that were down in the the Yankee farm system right now. We're calling up a young kid and throwing him to the wolves. Having that veteran presence may do very well in Triple A. Uh, a guy that's been in the big leagues, a guy that's had success, but I don't know that that's what Chassin's doing. So I think that if it ends up just being a minor league thing and he doesn't report to the major league club, he may just be like, hey, will you cut me? And he'll try to find a, a contract somewhere else. Like some major league team could use major league caliber talent. You know, if after a month he hasn't made it up, I'm sure there'll be injuries or something. And he'll be like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to try finding a team that needs major league help. You know, whatever. So, four players, nothing to write home about. Nothing that I think changes the makeup of the 25-man roster the Yankees will utilize day in and day out for the 2021 season. Um, They only got a segment because it was the only thing to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. (laughs) So, like, they did something, but it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah. So... Shifting back to LeMayu, though, so so let's say, let's entertain that this is the writing on the wall, and he does go elsewhere. Um, He he wasn't seriously entertaining ideas, and now he is. So I think that if that is the case, and they they don't get LeMayu, he goes elsewhere, I think that I'm acceptable if if it means that they're adding to the rotation. Like, if they go out and get one or two names um, for guys that are going to start at the major league level, um, or that's the expectation. They're like, hey, we're going to sign you. Whether it is, like, bringing in a Bauer, which I don't think they'll do, which I'm kind of on board with for reasons we'll get into later. Um, but, like I talked about last week, Corey Kluber, Tywon Walker, uh, Chris Archer. If, they, if they're going to bring in those guys because they aren't investing money into – uh, LeMahieu, then um, I'm on board with that. Like, I, I'm okay with that trade. Um, however, I do still think that if you're going to go Torres, 
you probably need to bring in a shortstop. If if you're going to bring in LeMahieu, I'm cool leaving Torres at short. If you're not bringing in LeMahieu, you need to sign a middle infielder, and ideally it would be a shortstop. I would love if they brought Gregorius back. Like, if they re-signed DD, I would be on board. Um, but I think, like, Marcus Simeon would be a good option. I think Andrelton Simmons would be a good option. Um, I think any of those three, you're looking something short-term. I think a one- or two-year deal would be suffice. Or would be sufficient. Uh, it would suffice. Uh, but but we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, but ultimately, I think it just needs to be LeMahieu. And unless you're not going after LeMahieu, because you're going to add to the rotation. Right now, they haven't done either. So I get to bitch about both still. Yeah. Neither one are true, so we're bitching about both. Right. And then the only uh. other the only other point of interest that I brought up is I sent you a link on Tuesday to an article that MLB.com had written. I have oh, since yeah. <laughs> I have since seen articles written by numerous Yankee websites. I think some on Friday. I think there's one over the weekend. I think there's one more I saw today. That all of these, all these places are writing articles about how the Yankees should shift their focus to a veteran former Cy Young winning pitcher named Corey Kluber. And for anyone that listened to our show last week, on the fourth, you heard me say this is what the Yankees should do, and then everyone else followed suit. So I just want everyone to know, this is my idea. If Corey Kluber ends up a Yankee, I expect an invitation to Brian Cashman for from Brian Cashman for tea. Sand. At least tea, yeah. Mm-hmm. At least. And it probably wouldn't be Brian Cashman. Um, but uh, at least, like, you should be taken out to dinner by somebody. Yeah, like, it can be, like, B Cashman. Like, it could be, like, Bob Cashman. I'll be yeah. okay with that. I don't care. So, yeah, so that's really all that's coming from the from Yankees camp. Um, a whole lot of nothing. So minor league, the the AAA team got better, I guess. Uh, there's, we're riddled with unproven talent um, in our AAA team now, which I even forget where it is. Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, I think, uh, is where they're still playing. I don't know, they shifted around a whole bunch and fired some people and move their team all together so i forget where where everything is now yeah um yeah and then people stealing my ideas for the yankees to sign cory kluber because i think it's ingenious um if cory kluber and chris archer are in the rotation to start the year like behind cole and you know with garcia like montgomery you know i i think that that's that's going to be a dangerous combination. That could be a real good team, I think. But that's me. I'm probably biased, and it's my idea, so I'm real jaded about it. Yeah, so it's going to win. A, it's going to win a ring for sure. Yes, because I came up with it, so it must be true. Yeah. Um, and when they don't do it, you be like, "Well, you didn't win a ring, and you didn't listen yeah. to me." So right. Uh, coincidence? I think not. Clearly, every time I... you don't listen to me, you don't win a ring. Jerk offs. Um, so I guess shifting to the Cardinals, um, a few topics and then probably one, like I, I had two, uh, I don't know. 
couple things. There's a little bit more to discuss here, but it's more like me. It's like stretching because I'm tired of just talking about the same things over and over again. So it's kind of the same topics, but asking a little bit different questions, if that makes sense. So I'll, I'll have you chime in here. I don't know if you've read through the, uh, my notes in the agenda or not. But, uh, a little bit, but I'm ready. All right. So anyway, so the, the first is just the point. Like, obviously, Cardinal Nation, it's just the continued waiting game for what's going on with Molina and Wainwright. Um, and then there's still the, the, the slightly ajar open door for Colton Long to return. Um, reports are saying that, like, Molina returning to the Cardinals is reaching, like, a point of inevit- inevitability. Um, or it's nearing inevitable status. Um, it's like there's nowhere else he's going to go because apparently no one really wants to give him a second year and that's what he wants, but that's apparently the Cardinals are on board for doing that. Um, the latest explanation I got around this is that LeMahieu and Real Muto still being on the market is still causing a pause on players for, like, on, on players like Molina and Wong to see what their market is. So because Real Muto is still out there, teams are like, well, maybe we can still be in the market. Like we can still, we're still in play for him or, you know, cause LeMay still out there. Like, all right, well, we're still in play for him. So once LeMay signs somewhere, cause like Toronto, for example, has been linked to, to LeMay If LeMay goes back to New York, then they may come in and like offer a bigger deal to Wong. So thoughts are like, well, maybe Wong's holding out until he has a better idea of what his what what his market looks like. Same thing for Molina. Um, if Philadelphia were to re-sign Real Muto, does Atlanta become a bigger player for bringing in Molina on a one-year, two-year deal? Because you know every team in their division that matters has essentially gotten better. Well, and I guess I shouldn't say Miami doesn't matter. I mean, they made the playoffs and won a playoff series last year. But you know, you're so every team in your division got better and you haven't done anything yet. So, you know, do you need to go out and fill that void? Um, so that, that's like the, the rumor mill there. <clears throat> so the first question though is, so assuming the Cardinals only add Molina and or Wainwright, uh, what does the lineup look like for next year with a DH or without a DH? Like, if you only bring in Molina, like, who's your leadoff guy? Hmm. Um. I guess we can we can start with, like, process of elimination to make it a little easier. Obviously, you know, like, if Molina's going to be there, you're probably putting Goldschmidt, DeYoung, Molina are, like, 3-4-5, 3-4-6, something of that combination that that's where you're what you're going with. Right. Um Yeah, 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 for sure. Um I would still I'm still I still like the if Dylan Carlson's going to play, I like him batting I like him batting second. Um second or like uh eighth or ninth, like the I'm I like the Tony Larusa style like turn over the lineup. Right. I guess with have a pitcher in the lineup anyway. I like the the pitcher batting eighth, turning over the lineup on nine so instead. You, I'm kind of like a back-to-back uh, leadoff hitter styles. Uh, right. So, so, I, so do you make that a guy that is legitimately an an additional kind of leadoff hitter, and it like turning the lineup over, 
or, you know, like where you would put like Carlson there, or is it a guy that probably could bet at the top of the lineup if he batted more consistently, and that's where you would put like a Bader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I think like if you're going to see, that's probably why Carlson really has to kind of hit second if he's going to play, because if you're going to play Bader and O'Neill, um, they're going to have to hit lower in the lineup. Whereas like Dex has been hitting lower in the lineup, but if you don't have like if you don't even I mean, even Wong wasn't like batting lead off, like who was who batted lead off for us most of the year last year for last uh, year? Yeah. Uh, was it, uh, it? It was Wong, right? Um, or was it? Yeah, because Miller I was batting like Wong, cleanup. Yeah, I guess Wong hit there sometimes. Edmund probably hit there sometimes. Yeah, I think Carlson batted lead off towards like the end of the year a little bit. Yeah. So, and I mean, in this scenario, you don't have Wong, right? So, Correct. Um, and that and that's right. Because I think that that would be like if you resign Wong, then I think it becomes very clear that like that's just your leadoff hitter. Like that, that's who you go with up at that spot. Um, and I think like, I guess the, the only limitation, cause is Car- Carlson, is he just a lefty or is he a switch hitter? He's a switch hitter. Okay. So like, so that would be my theory is that if you, if you bring Wong back and you're going to start Carlson, um, you know, that would be, it would be like Wong, Carlson, Goldschmidt, DeYoung. Um, and then it, it depends on if you're starting Fowler or if you're starting O'Neill, if you're starting Fowler, then it's probably Molina, then Fowler, um, then Edmund Bader. Or if you're starting O'Neill, it's probably O'Neill, then Molina, and then Edmund and Bader. Um, but if you if you remove Wong out of the picture, so now you have, you know, Edmund in, and you got to find a spot for Carpenter. Assuming that that's who then becomes your third baseman. Yeah, and I honestly like Yachty batting. I know he bats like six a lot, but if you're going to have DeYoung bat fourth in our current lineup, I actually like Yachty batting fifth. Only because like Yachty is not going to hit for a high average, but you are going to have to like work your way through him in the lineup. He's not an easy out in any scenario. Um and so I think he can provide without like having too much power or too much, you know, uh, too fast or anything like that. Not really hitting for like a, a massive average. I think he can be a little bit um, of insurance for uh, a DeYoung. Like DeYoung needs so, to see some pitch. So get what a little would bit you of- think? And so, so what do you think about maybe the possibility? So let, let's say like they, so, so again, we'll go back to the scenario. They, they're, no, no DH because we we don't know if there will be or won't be. So if things stay as is, there will not be. So let's say no DH and they sign Molina. Um, so what do you think about the idea of you have um, admin bat leadoff or um, yeah, let's go let's go with admin bat leadoff because in this and this scenario, you're you're probably not going to have Carlson in the lineup, um, which is honestly the the right play, I think, at least to start the year. So you have Edmund bat leadoff. You put DeYoung batting second, so he's protected by Goldschmidt. After Goldschmidt in the four spot, you have O'Neal, and then Molina batting behind O'Neal. And what that would allow for is that 
if you know like Goldschmidt who Goldschmidt who has pop you know it's gonna hit doubles he's gonna hit his extra base hits he's got enough speed that he could go first to third but Molina's biggest downfall is his speed if it's if it's O'Neill who has a decent amount of speed now you can get creative with like hit and run with your four hitter you know, like with your number four hitter on base um, O'Neill can swipe a bag and, and get the second um, and now those base hits from Molina, because he's probably going to bat 260, 270. He's not going to bat high threes or anything like that, but he's not going to kill you at the plate. Um, his power numbers aren't really going to be there. But those base hits that he gets, now you're starting to drive in runs with those. Like O'Neill's, you know, <laughs> base hits, you know, become doubles. And you have a, a situation where, like, O'Neill striking out, who has a relatively high strikeout rate, you still have a high contact hitter, a good average hitter in Molina behind him. So him striking out doesn't necessarily just like diminish the rest of your lineup. Uh, see, yeah, I'd have O'Neill's going to have to hit for better average to be that higher in my lineup. I'd rather put like a Dexter Fowler there and let him have a chance to actually see some decent pitching as he's proved in parts of his career that he can actually hit the baseball. I, and even if like Tyler O'Neill is fast, but say, in some instances, Paul Goldschmidt's on first or second. Like he's going to be behind a Paul Goldschmidt, and that's going to slow him down anyway. Um, I, I don't think I, I don't really like uh, our you know Gold Glove talent that high in our lineup. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I I don't I don't disagree with it. It was just a, a different look from the normal. Um, I think that if you're placing O'Neill somewhere where he's not protected then you're just hoping for lightning in a bottle anytime he hits a home run. Uh, Cause I don't think he's a good hitter. Like I think he's a good power hitter, but I don't think he's ever going to hit for high average. Yeah. I, I just don't know if I can sacrifice like, and if he's batting like with Bader behind him, he's never going to get anything to hit. Yeah. Well, then he needs to learn how to look. Like, and, take and that's what I'm saying. Like, like, yes, if, if, the easy answer is like just be a better hitter but i think you've yeah. kind of seen what you're going to get out of him so you're like to be better like to maximize his productivity you would want to put him in a spot where his power can shine which means he needs to be pitched to normally what that would be is there being a guy on base which goldschmidt's going to do more often than not because he's probably going to lead your team in batting average um and then a guy that hits behind him that if you like if you you know, don't come anywhere close and he does walk. Well, now Molina can also make you pay because he's going to hit for a decent average as well. So where the Cardinals offense was, would thrive is when they could, you know, link together, you know, a couple hits and a walk, you know, or something and have that big inning. Like they had four or five guys reach base. They scored two or three runs because they never hit, you know, they're never going to hit that, that big home run. It just isn't their MO. It's not what their lineup's built for but O'Neill's going to be the biggest thing to increase that as he's going to be your home run leader, you know, on your yeah, team most I, likely. Uh, but you're going to see that diminish severely if he's batting sixth or seventh. Yeah. I just don't think you give him the keys to the castle until he can prove that. Cause even in that, even in that spot, like I don't just want him up there swinging because that's all I can do is hit home runs. Like, no, like you need to learn how to watch pitches. Like, and if, and if that's you hitting later in the lineup, like then that's what it's going to be. Um, so do you think I, that O'Neill is, is a future I, everyday outfielder for the Cardinals or do you think he's a stopgap? Um, 
Because I view him as a stopgap, because I think that realistically you're going to see Lane Thomas and Dylan Carlson be in the outfield by 2023 at the latest. They're going to be everyday starters. I would also agree with that. I would think at any point in time, if if, uh, he has a decent average, that the Cardinals should then try to leverage him um, for something. Right, Right. like Like sell high. Okay, cool. We know he's a gold glover. Cool. Oh, look, he can hit the ball a little bit. Like, you knew he could. He's got the power numbers. Like, at least sell him as soon as he gets high and start shedding your outfielder and, like, really set yourself up for a 2022 where you have some payroll flexibility. Maybe you're looking at some more free agents. Maybe you've now, because we've uh, we've moved him, we let Lane Thomas play out the rest of that year. We've seen a little bit of him. Yet again, like we're still talking about like who those outfielders are going to be, but you have decisions to make on Dexter Fowler. Uh, we'll really see if like what that comes back to your eye. You've already opened the door on Dylan Carlson. You, if you don't let him play this year, that is your own fault. So, right? so I think, but again, like I think the only reason why Dylan Carlson played games in a Cardinals uniform last year is because the Memphis Redbirds didn't exist. Uh, agreed, but minor league baseball still might not be a thing this year. Um, Fair. So he might I... still be on your roster. And again, like I think you've just opened that door. And he, if he is truly one of your best outfielders, because he could, the way he's talked about and the way he, the organization cares about him, he is in that upper echelon of outfielders. Mm-hmm. Then he, our best outfielders need to play. And if we're going to say he's one of them, then he needs to play every day. Or close yeah, to every day. I, the whole fact that the Cardinals can't let an outfielder play every day, like even Dexter Fowler, like we paid him so much money, and I get injuries have been kind of a thing, but we have so many young guys that we're like, oh, we want to see them play. We want to see them play. Right. Just like commit to a guy, let him like have a chance. Like yeah, Dylan Carlson have a chance. He we've proven that he crushes triple A pitching. He crushes double A pitching, single A pitching, triple A pitching. Well, he I don't think we've that. seen him at triple A. Uh, so I think I think yeah I think he played a little bit, but like this this last year would have been like his yeah like it like yeah he had yeah like twenty games there in 2019 and he did like he did phenomenal um like hit three sixty three sixty yeah three sixty yeah, yeah, yeah. so right. so definitely like it's it's yeah. not there and I think he's significantly better right like he's like and like looking at his other numbers, like he didn't like it's not like he killed it everywhere. Like 2019 was really like the big breakout year for him. Like he he hit 292, um, you know he hit the 26 home runs. Now it's across Double A AA and Triple A, but before that, like he had never even like he he broke 250 once. He hit 251 his rookie ball year when he was 17 years old in 2016. Right. So I mean he's still. Okay, what was he? Yeah, so so he's still only 21. I mean, like he's gonna be 22 in October. So, uh, or he's he's 22 currently. He he just turned 22 in October, is what I meant to say. Um, so he'll be 22 all year. So he's still still young as hell for sure. And I and yes, like minor league baseball may not be a thing. I know the expectations are already that anything under AAA is gonna have a delayed start because they want to limit the number of players that are exposed to each other in camp. So 
for spring training camps. Um, the major league players and AAA expected players will report first. And then it won't be to like, oh, I think it's like two weeks after they leave camp that the AA and below will report to camp. And those leagues will just start late is the, ex- the expectation that I've read so far. So I think that there will be, I think at the very least, there will be a AAA level of baseball, which would be the equivalent of like that alternate site, um, because that existed last year, but they will play competitive baseball against other teams. So you will see them not just playing like simulated games. So you'll get a better gauge of what he has. And like I say, he's still only 22 years old. So if it is one more year, it isn't the end of the world. Like, I think you you have that opportunity and you can give someone like O'Neill, like, hey, here's a chance for you to be successful over the course of 162 games. Here's Fowler, you know, earn your keep over the course of 162 games. I think Fowler's still under contract for, is he, is it? Yeah. One more year after this one? I think so. Because um, what is it? Carpenter that's done after this year? Yeah, unless he hits a... Uh... Unless he has so many plate appearances, whatever. Right. Uh, no, so this is Fowler. We talked about it this last is... time. There's no way he'll get to it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So last year. And this is and this is Fowler's last year as well. Does Dex have one more, or does he have Nope, he's an unrestricted yeah, free yeah. agent for 2022. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he needs uh, – he doesn't need to play. He does if he wants another deal. Um, but so, so you team. easily can say, like, cool, we'll give you – We'll give you one, like, here you go, Fowler. You're just going to play. We're going to get Carlson every day at bats. If if Fowler falls off the face of the earth and he's doing terrible, then you just bench him, like, whatever you're, like, or we'll try to trade him. They'll fucking DFA him, whatever they want to do. But, I mean, he's making yeah. he's making $14 million. Yeah, something. But he's making $14 million. If you just DFA him and you cut him, a team's going to pick him up and give him a league minimum deal, and it'll be real cheap for them. So that might might backfire on you. But either way, you're just going to open up a spot for him. Well, whatever. Yeah. Like, who, who cares? Like, if he's doing that poorly, you don't really give a shit. Um. So, but I think if you give it one yeah, year, then you just say, like, Carlson's going to start every day in Memphis. He's going to play every game down there. And really hone in and like, look at what it is. Cause like he, he did only bat 200. He, he only played in 35 games last year. I mean, it's a half the season, but you know, like only hit 200, uh, 120 plate appearances. He struck out 35 times. Like that's pretty, pretty decent amount. Um, so like, there's definitely things to bring down. Um, but the other side of it, like, and I hate that it, um, like, and I think part of this is more because of the style the Cardinals play, but he only had one stolen base. Yeah. But he also only well, got caught stealing so he, once, so he only tried to run twice. He only tried to steal two bases yeah. in 35 games. But the year but the year before last year, we had made a pretty large jump in, like, stolen bases. Like, it is part of Mike Schilt's. Like, Mike Schilt wants to move the base pass. His It is a bloop and a blop. Like, we're going to... We're gonna play good D. We're gonna run base pass, and we're gonna manufacture runs. Like that is Mike Schilt's style of baseball. I don't understand why last year it was different. I think last year just between like the, oh, uh, like between when they got COVID early, and then like they they really managed their roster like pretty differently to not like wear people out, and we like we were getting like nine million different pitchers all the time. Like so, I think a lot of just like what the 
organization had to go through last year changed Schilt's approach. I think given a, a more normal year that he played, I think we see more stolen bases because that was a point of emphasis two years ago that we have to steal more bases. And we did like we way more bases. I forget what the number was, but um, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was much better. Let's look it up. Yeah, uh, they were. Yeah. So the, the Cardinals tied for third in total stolen bases in 2019 yeah. and they were 27th in 2020. They stole yeah. 116 bases, which was tied with the nationals one behind the Royals. The Rangers had 131. They were the league leaders. Uh, but there were only seven teams that stole 100 or more bases, uh, Cardinals being one of them. Um, and then last year, they only stole 18 bases. Um, yeah, so I'm not pressed to think last year is an indication of what our base stealing ability is going to be. I, I think we'll get back to it because, again, it's been Mike Schultz has been talking about it since he became even the interim head coach. Like, it's just part of his DNA. That's the that's when he comes from in baseball. Like, we're going to manufacture runs. We're going to play it correctly. Um, and so he needs players like that. The other reason why I like Dylan Carlson playing every day is the NL Central is kind of dog trash for real, right? Yeah. Um, so he should be able um, through most days to get through it. And when he does see a good pitcher, good. Like he needs to learn from it. Like another player that we're going to consider like an early Harrison Bader, like we're going to call him the face of the franchise early is going to be the next greatest thing to ever happen to the Cardinals. Hopefully he doesn't get that talk built around him, but I, I think we've already just opened a, open a door to let him see everyday plates. Is he going to be Mike Trout immediately? No. But did Mike Trout get better by seeing major league pitching every day? Probably. Yeah. I mean, Mike you know? Trout wasn't Mike Trout immediately. So, yeah. You know, so I, I think you let him play because he's most likely uh, one of your best outfielders. Um, and you've already, if you're not resigning guys, we've already committed to playing a money ball scenario and you're not paying him very much. The other turn in that is like, I don't. I forget what last year did on starting guys' clocks and how much playing time they got, if it was normal and all that. So I, I don't know what that goes into them, but I definitely know the Cardinals look into not wanting to start your year until you have to start your year because they don't want to pay you. So definitely wouldn't put it past them to use uh, that as an excuse to not play him this year. So until yeah, a certain I, time, I believe that it it started like just like anything else that like it was like when your clock started you were it 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 was what it was like when you got called up um like unless i I think like the only time it made a difference was like if you were like if it had something to do with like covid replacements but given that like the route the mlb went was like if your team has covid you just aren't going to play games i don't think that that i don't i don't know how that worked out but it may or may not have started the clock earlier um or whatever but playing 35 games, it would be the equivalent of like a September call-up. Um, so it probably, it it probably really didn't generate any earlier into his clock because I imagine that if last year were a typical year, he probably would have been up in September anyway. Yeah. So, um, not it isn't it, and that's that's if not earlier because. Who knows how long they would have let things go with Bader naturally anyway. Um, if it were yeah. a 162 game season, like you might have seen yeah. Carlson at the All Star break or something along those lines. 
Yeah, and it's also not fair to Carlson to think that, like, yeah, it's unfortunate that he didn't come up and we didn't crush it right away. But, man, the team around him pretty much batted what he batted. Um, yeah, I, it the the fact that the Cardinals didn't steal bases, it could also just be an indicator. Like, it doesn't show what, like, their stolen base percentage was or, like, how many times they got caught stealing on the website that I'm looking at. Um, but, I mean, they were – they hit 234 as a team, which was 22nd in total out of all the teams, 30 teams, 22nd. And they hit 51 home runs, which was dead last in the majors. So they weren't generating runs any other way, but it's also possible. Like, I don't, again, like, I don't know how often they tried to run. Like for all I know, they just weren't successful all that often. It felt like they didn't run a whole lot. Um, but it's like, there, there's some teams that were up there. I mean, like the Padres, like they, they had a pretty potent offense. Like they hit a bunch of home runs. They hit for a a better average. I mean, they hit 257 as a team. I don't know where that fell. Uh, I mean, it's top 10. The Phillies were also a top 10 team in terms of average. Man, their pitching was just so bad last year. Um, so all that, but they, they led the majors in stolen bases. Like they had 55 steals in 60 games. It's like, that's, it's, you know, fairly impressive. I think, um, you know, the, the twins also don't steal bases. I mean, they only had 14 stolen bases, but they hit 91 home runs last year. Yeah. So you don't, you don't need to steal as many bases when your team's in scoring position, when you're, you know, when you're at home plate, um, like the Dodgers, they were 12th in stolen bases. They stole 29 bases, but they hit 118 home runs. They led the majors in home runs last year. Um, so it's just like, there, there's a reason why the teams that had a potent offense have that potent offense because they can consistently score runs because it doesn't require, you know, three hits in an inning to score a run. It doesn't require the long ball to be there. Um, having pressure on the base pass makes a difference. Like when you have a guy that can steal, so you need to be cr- quick to the plate, like maybe you hang a curveball. Maybe you're going with more fast pitches. Like you aren't going off speed because if you go off speed, a guy's standing at second base now, and now it's a runner in a scoring position. Now a bloop somewhere scores a run, so now that pressure's on. You're trying to make the perfect pitch. You don't quite get it inside enough. Guy turns on it, parks it out in right field. You know, whatever the case may be, parks it out in left. Like it, it just changes the dynamic of the game when you have a guy on base that's capable of stealing. Um. But having a guy capable of stealing doesn't matter if you're never going to throw over or if you're if they're never going to run. It's like John Lester, who has a decent pickoff move to first. He just can't throw the ball to first. So his pickoff move can be as great as it wants. But you have all the time in the world to get back because he isn't throwing it over there. You know, so Poor John Lester, I feel not bad for him at all. Yeah, so like Carlson has speed, but he isn't going to run. O'Neill has speed, but he's probably not going to run. Wong has speed, but he probably wasn't going to run. So it didn't really matter. Um, but so either way, I think it'll be interesting to see which route they go. Um, I think we're we're kind of in agreement. You're if you don't bring in Wong, the ideal play would probably be Carlson and get him in at the top of the lineup. Um. If you do that, it's probably going to be at the detriment of O'Neill. 
So it just depends. I, I think I'm like, if you're willing to commit to Carlson and sit someone else, um, I, I guess I, I think that most likely the play will be Carlson would start in Memphis. If someone either O'Neal or Bader or Fowler were to be struggling significantly, Carlson will probably be a quick call up, uh, especially because he can play all three positions. So like, it, it's just real simple. Like, Oh, if Bader's having problems, cool. Send you to Memphis. Carlson, you're our everyday center fielder now. So I think it'll be a, a quick leash. Like you might see those guys up, you know, by May 1st, June 1st. Um, if the Cardinals outfield gets off to the same start they did last year. Um, Let's get real. Same players, same outcome. You know, yeah, probably, probably. I think okay. that's a safe bet. The only person that I literally think could do any better than what they did is uh, Dylan Carlson. Because yeah. he's the only one that just hasn't given a chance besides the weird year last year to show what he can do. At this point in time, we know what Harrison Bader is. I don't think that he can hit the baseball. Right. I <laughs> think he's going to be a, a low 200 hitter at best. I don't think we're magically going to come up with a situation where all of a sudden we're like this all-star player. He is Brendan uh, Ryan, but he plays center field instead of shortstop. Correct. And he's not as big of a hoorah guy. At least Brendan Ryan, though. Yeah, I guess Brendan Ryan, though, like he hustled. Like Harrison Bader, I guess it's not fair because like the guy's just too fast. So like it's hard to be like he hustles, like because he's super fast, you know. Brendan right. Ryan looked like he was trying every play, you know. And with Harrison Bader, you're like, well, he, yeah, he's supposed to make that play. He's fast, so I guess it's not fair for Bader. Yeah, uh, I I'm not. I don't want to take anything away from Bader. I think he is great defensively. Um, I think that he could very easily find a spot in the in the. the the 25 man roster as a fourth outfielder he is probably a defensive upgrade for sure like late innings shift Bader in the center field move Carlson over to right and sit Fowler um you know so along those lines um if Fowler gets on base late like you can pinch run with Bader and he can steal some bases for you he could score from first on a double um like there's a lot of things that he does that are pretty dynamic to the game that he has as value he just isn't capable of getting himself to first base at a strong enough of a clip to be relevant at the major league level, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, at this point in time, you can only have one. You can't have Harrison Bader and O'Neill in your lineup. I think that that's just a horror on an everyday basis. You you are you're signing your team up for two guys that can have not proven that they can hit the ball at all. Yeah, he's uh, a. He's another quadruple A or triple A plus player, however you want to look at it. Like he's yeah, he's yeah. he's well beyond success at the triple A level, and he just isn't going to find success at a high as an everyday starter at the major league level. Yep. Yeah. So all at my least maybe not that. as a cardinal. He'll probably well, go we... he'll probably go to like Kansas City and tear it up. <laughs> yeah. He'll tear it up. Yeah. He'll go to the Red Sox. He'll tear it up. Yeah. Or the Braves. Really, let's get real. He's no, going to I, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay will take him. Yeah, That's yeah he's going to the Braves. Yeah, now. he'll he'll you know just revitalize his career. Fifty stolen base type guy in, in Tampa Bay. He's setting records. Yeah. Um. So, so that that went on a little longer. On the year. Fifty hits on the year, fifty stolen bases. Fifty-one stolen bases. Shit, got him. Yeah, he'll be like the the fast version of uh, what's his name from Texas. 
uh, the home run. I don't know. Guy. I don't know, but uh, what's his name? Joey Gallo. Gallo. Yeah. Like uh, I thought you had, were going to talk about had that more home run. had more home runs than singles. Bader's going to have more stolen bases. Oh than yeah, singles. yeah. Yeah. I think the guy from Major League that steals all the bases. Uh, uh, Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, yeah, Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which so I know this is going to be off topic. I have you. So you know who Chad Ochocinco is, right? Yes. Apparently he used to, uh, and like still does. Um, he'll, he would like call the head coach at like two 30 in the morning. Um, because he was working out or doing something dumb at two 30 in the morning, but like, just like football. And he would call coach coach would answer. And he'd be like, coach, just let you know, I'm open. And then he'd hang up the phone. And because he used to just tell people all the time, he's like, I'm open. Just throw it to me. I'm open in every circumstance. I was like, thought it was really funny that he would just call the coach in the middle of the night and be like, I'm open. That's yeah. all he'd say. He'd hang up the phone. That's my quarterback. <laughs> that's how, how fast I am. That's my quarterback. That was him, right? Hmm? Or no, it was that Johnson. Johnson. Uh, who's the guy that was like crying over Tony Romo? Uh, like probably like. Terrell Owens, maybe? Maybe it was T.O. Maybe it was T.O. Yeah, yeah. No one should cry over Tony Roma. Yeah. Guy leads a privilege. I, that, that's not fair. I Plenty of Cowboys fans have cried because of Tony Romo. Yeah, but that's their own fault. They're Cowboys yeah. fans. <laughs> that, they, signed, they signed up to that cry. That fumble dude. against Seattle, yeah. dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a great what a great moment. To just watch like the air in a stadium. Just gone um so anyway so next next question that that went a little longer than i expected but whatever when do we ever do things on topic we'll probably just have to rifle through the random news like we always do yeah, i mean it's it's already like midnight 10 you know so. yeah whatever and we're still we just started hell lakes we're only at like an hour 37 so we you just get know. we can get through these two things they'll, they'll probably be pretty quick but yeah, yeah, yeah. um so the the second question I had, I guess if you like the next question I had was, um, so it was like a play on like NL Central or bust, but for I mm-hmm. put like NL Central or golf. Um, mm-hmm. So if the Cardinals don't win the Central, is it likely they miss the playoffs altogether? Um, to, mm-hmm. to kind of preface like preface that, so the, obviously the NL Central sent four teams to the playoffs last year. Um, is there only room for one this year? Uh, there's no word on what on what will be in place for 2021 yet. I know we've kind of got into that. Um, but if we assume it'll just be back to five teams that make the playoffs, you know that two of those five spots are going to be granted to the other divisions, whoever wins the West and whoever wins the East. Um, San Diego and LA will likely take one of the NL wildcard uh-huh. spots. So mm-hmm. the Cardinals are essentially competing for one of two playoff spots. And with the improvements added for the Mets and the Nationals so far at this point, um, the Braves looking like almost the same team so far. The only thing that's really changed is they lost Ozuna, but technically since there probably won't be a DH in the NL, they haven't really lost anything anyways. Um, It could just be one team from the Central making the playoffs this year. So if you look at like the depth of the Mets, the Braves, the Nationals, if one of those teams wins the division, so you're really competing with, you know, the Mets, the Nationals. I The Phillies were on the cusp last year. They were right around 500 again. I don't know if they'll be any better. The Marlins were a playoff team, but 
they would have been on the outside looking in had there been playoffs. The Cardinals were the five seed last year, finishing behind the Cubs. But that was also with the NL Central playing pretty even against themselves. They won't have the luxury of playing only the Central Division teams this year, so they will have to play these other teams in these other divisions. So I think you're probably looking at four of those teams finishing below 500, given that, you know, you know, last year, like four of them finished, I think, above 500. Maybe the Brewers finished below 500, so maybe it was only three, but St. Louis, Cincinnati, and Milwaukee were all like right there around 500. Um, so is it win the Central or miss the playoffs is, is the, the gist of the question. Um, so I would just quick two part answer. Yes. I think if the Cardinals don't win their division, they won't be in the playoffs. I also think, yeah. Cause if, if they don't win their division, I don't, they've definitely not won enough games, um, as in second place in the central to be, um, the second wild card spot. If, um, even if we squeaked, um, into the second wild card spot. I'm with you. I think we're probably playing um, <laughs> the Dodgers or the Padres. Yeah, the Dodgers or the Padres, and we're just, we might as at that point in time might as well have not even been there. So, so uh, while while I agree with that, like, but I think that that's where the luxury of the one game playoff comes in, because I think that if the Cardinals were to be able to beat them, it would likely be with just Jack Flaherty on the mound doing what he does best, or maybe even like Kim doing what he does best and just shutting down the opposing offense and the Cardinals squeaking across a run or two. Like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout or any means like that. Um, yeah, but then what? The next round you're going to have to play like the Mets. No, well, uh, you would you would probably you would probably play the other the if Dodgers. you're the second wild card team, you're probably playing whoever won the West in yeah. a five game yeah. series. Yeah, then cool. you're probably so, getting eliminated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they could the, win a one game playoff. Yeah, yeah. I I think I, with with I the quality agree. of starting pitchers the Cardinals have, I think they could hold their own in any one game playoff. I think it will be very tough. Um, yeah. in a in a like a a five game series where like it could be the Padres and it's you know, Darvish, Snell, Denilson, Lamette, like type shit coming at you at the beginning or, you know, throw Clevenger into the mix if it's two years from now. I think that's dumb for any team. Um, so I definitely don't think that it's, you know, I don't think the, the Cardinals are in a spot right now that they're going to compete at the highest level. Um, but the question was like someone from the NL Central is going to have to go. I think there's a strong possibility that right now that is the Cardinals. I think if they win the division, that is the best thing that could happen for them because they're likely going to play whoever wins the East um, in that first round in a five-game playoff, um, like in a five-game series. And I think that that's where they would match up the best, like that it would be, you know, the Mets or the Braves or the Nationals, probably either the Mets or the Braves. Um, And I, I don't know what Syndergaard will look like when he comes back. I know he's going to miss the beginning of the season from Tommy John, I think, a little bit. Uh, but he'll probably be back by May. That rotation's pretty disgusting. And it's still up in the air with, like, what the Mets are going to do. Like, if they end up adding, like, Springer and Bauer, then it's just stupid. And it'll be San Diego versus the Mets in the NLCS. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, 
but I, I also agree. I, I, I think if I think there will only be one team from the NL Central that makes it. I think yeah. it will be the Cardinals, um, and I think that they'll have a chance in the first round in the division series, um, because I, I'm, I'm not overly blown away by the makeup of any of the teams in the NL East. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. And obviously things can still change, but as things stand right now. I think they have a chance. I would pick the NLEs to win, but whatever. Um, so that that kind of leads into the the same vein for the last question. So if the Cardinals do nothing this year, what kind of impact do they need to make prior to the 2022 season to have this offseason of doing nothing justifiable? And then if they find success this year, at what level does it need to be for it to be okay? Like if they win the division is the fact that like they didn't do anything and they were right. Like, Hey, we can do nothing and win the division. Does that make it okay? Um, do they need to win a playoff series? Do they need to win the pennant? Um, does it, is it like championship or bust for it to justify doing nothing? Um, I think if we continue to do nothing this year and we get through the majority of games this year, we start to bring back fans. We believe in 2022 that we're going to be 80% back to normal at the beginning of the year or something, or, you know, pretty close to a hundred, but then like within 30 days of, you know, starting the season, like we're going to be at full capacity, full baseball, full stadiums, money flown in. Like we've never seen it. Revenue is high, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think the Cardinals need to be set up for a big splash. Um, in the 2022, 2021, 2022 free agency, um, whether it's free agency, whether it's making trades for guys, like I think, and I hope that if the Cardinals, I think there's only can be two outcomes, right? If we make the playoffs, we're probably going to lose quickly. We need to realize when we lose quickly that we, we are built to win the central, but that doesn't really matter. Um, congratulations, you're built to beat some of the worst teams in the in a, or in Major League Baseball, really. Um, so you either really need to realize it that we need to rebuild there, go find what you need. You know, don't be afraid to sign a bad contract. You've it's happened to you before. Be smart about it, but also, you know, do your due diligence on it. Um, or we don't make the playoffs at all, and again, we come to the same conclusion. Hey, we're shutting contracts time to rebuff the team. Um, and then also realize at that time, like we can't even win our own division, let alone compete, um, for a championship. Um, I, so if nothing happens this year, we, I, the Cardinals need to make a stand that hey, we are at least trying to win a championship. We're uh, look, look at these guys we brought in, look at this move we made, look at these trades we made, look, we finally set up our outfield. We're going to play these three outfielders almost exclusively the whole entire year, you know, with, you know, some days off, like, yeah, a championship at this point in time. Um, but I'm, I'll allow like baby steps, like right. the Cardinals so, just won't so I guess... say they're in a rebuild, but they better quickly, if you're not going to say you're in a full on rebuild and you're not going to draft really high to try to, acquire that talent for the next couple of years, you better turn something over quickly at some point in time. So, uh, so I, I guess, so, so I guess like just, um, and maybe it's just a yes or no. So d is like, 
I don't, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it. I guess simply, what what does success look like in 2021 for the Cardinals in your eyes? Like, what would you consider a successful season? Like, is it is it hinged on how oh, how current, deep into the how deep into the season they play? With the current team that we have, uh, I would expect us to win the division. And if we lose in the first round um, to a team that we could probably match up and pitching with, but we just get out hit, I also am going to expect that. But I do expect our pitching to carry us a couple games in that series. And I expect us to win two or three games and push it to you know five, six, seven games uh, and at least be competitive in that series. Um, but I'm, I, I say that with an asterisk behind it. <laughs> That, um, which I this is the part I don't believe that'll happen is that the Cardinals then look at themselves and be like, We are really close. I, it, it, we do need this, you know, like so we, we know the Matt Carpenter contract's not going to be there. We might not spend all 18 million dollars on one guy, but um, you know, we need to sure up, you know, third base or we need to move to young over to third base and sign a new shortstop, depending on what's out right. there. Um, I, I think this one more year that I'd be tolerable, um, especially if we're not going to do anything because our players are our players. All right. So, so let's say, the, <laughs> but, so let's say the Cardinals do nothing. Like they hold suit to where things are right now. Maybe they bring Melina Wayne right back and that's it. Like they don't yep. do anything out of the realm of possible discuss right now. If they make it into the wild card game and they lose in the wild card game, is that an unsuccessful season? Yeah, it is an unsuccessful season for sure. If they make the wild card game and they win, but get knocked out in the division series and whatever kind of series, whether it's swept or goes five, but they lose, does that does that make it successful if they won the wild card game? Uh no. I, I the one game, like the rest of the playoffs aren't a one game playoff thing. Like okay. uh, cool, like you can I agree with you. If you throw Jack Flaherty out there, you better win the game. Now you gotta throw your next, you know two two or three before you can throw jack and you're going to need your offense to pick you up a little bit and i just don't think the cardinals can do that so i just no, I, we just i agree we just consistently waste good pitching typically like when we're in situations in the playoffs like that so it's a real especially as a fan we're like oh we could win this and you're right we could we've seen the Cardinals score runs before the chances are we're not going to because then we forget like oh they scored runs against joe's blow pitcher that was like his first game ever um, and even then, like last year, I the Cardinals hit first-time pitchers so horribly last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a whole other thing to talk about. <laughs> it is. Maybe yeah. we can do some stats. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that. We'll talk about that yeah. like some point yeah. before the season starts. So like what, what only... rookies first-start pitchers look like against Cardinals. Yeah. So the only success for me next year for the Cardinals or is that we are very competitive, very competitive, in a meaningful playoff series, not a meaningful playoff game. So win the division and compete in the divisional series. Anything yeah. less than that, unsuccessful. Do not get blown out. So like, at least show that you have the pitching to be there, be and then admit to yourself that you don't have the hitting to be there. Right. Just do that. Right. So on the, so on the flip side, what if the season goes terribly wrong? Mm-hmm. And Cardinals are I, I don't want to say they're they're dog shit. I, I don't expect them to be that bad, but let's say they're 
they're below 500 for for right. most most of the season. we finished third or fourth in our division yeah like they're they're just like someone like the brewers step up and they tear up because you know when you had christian yellick bat you know 200 last year per and he's still one of the brewers better hitters the brewers offense is probably going to be better than what it was in 2020 and 2021 um, I don't know that their pitching will be as good in 2021 as it was in 2020. So I think they'll be right around the same quality team, but it could be that their pitching was for real. They're hitting it's better and the Brewers win 90 to 95 games and they could run away with the division if everyone else plays around 500. I mean, 90 wins when everyone else wins 82 is eight games. That's a decent lead in the division. So it could, could happen. But let's just say the Cardinals aren't competing for a playoff spot come the all-star break they know they're in a bad spot yeah the trade deadline looming so the cardinals make some moves like they deal carpenter they deal fowler they deal molina you know like all something along these lines like um you know maybe they they part ways with like uh um like o'neill you know um obviously all the people i named initially were like shitty contracts that are coming off the books anyway so i don't think they're gonna get a ton back but say they they deal an o'neill they deal bader maybe they trade um like they they trade like a hicks or something along those lines like someone's looking for a closer and the cardinals deal from strength um some along those lines but they they make moves to kind of replenish a farm system and they start to kind of build a clear picture to start this kind of semi-rebuild where they're stripping down some of the 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 excess stuff that they have to reload their farm system and they know they can then go out and trade for major league level talent from their farm system and be aggressive in free agency unknown whether or not they do any of that but they set that up for the the offseason after 2021 could that be viewed as a success uh, I would view that as a success only because it's part of my requirement to be a success winning or, you know, basically losing next year is that at some point in time, you have to realize that you have the pitching. And I believe that the Cardinals, I think we just scout pitching, but we're just so much better with pitching that if you are able to, at some point in time, deal some of your pitching for some playoff runs and get pretty decent returns that, you know, like, Hey, we're going to give this guy a shot. We upgrade it. We upgrade at third base. Uh, we upgrade at catcher. We, um, if we, in this instance, we don't have Colton Wong, so we're upgrading really any part of our infield at that point in time. Um, because if we're doing that bad, I'm going to imagine Paul DeYoung's also not doing that great. Whereas contract's not that bad. Um, and again, I still like the idea of just moving him over to third and signing a shortstop. Um, a little bit more of an impact guy, but I do like DeYoung uh, at shortstop. I'm just open to the idea. Um, I, so I think if the Cardinals admit to themselves that they do need to rebuild and take that one extra self to like what we'll call a soft rebuild, the Cardinals have constantly been a soft rebuild. And it's, I think it's just harder for a team to be in a soft rebuild to say that like, um, well, we're not rebuilding. Like, well, yes, you are. You're just doing, you're just doing it in a different way than other teams have chosen to do it. Right. You're not, you're just not stripping it out of the framework and rebuilding yeah, yeah, yeah. it. But yeah, but you're replacing you're this panel of drywall say. and putting up a new yeah. panel of drywall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're doctoring what you have right now. So let's just call it what it is. Um, they're just not going to do that. So, if at that point in time, I won't care. I, 
I think we do well enough with pitching to keep developing pitching, keep trusting in that process, as long as it's really not one of our starters. Um, and if it is, it's like a Miles Michaelis, um, something like that. Um, I think I'm fine with that. Makes sense. Um, so we're we're just shy of the two hours. Um, so I'm just going to run through some of the stories that we had real quick. Um, just the, some of the things that we're going to keep an eye on for this next week. Maybe if like they become more pertinent, we'll talk more to it. Um, some were just things that have already happened that we were going to discuss. So I kind of that I had as like discussion points, but I can shift away from it. Um, we touched on it earlier. Bauer, um, Trevor Bauer, there's reports that he's looking to sign MLB's highest average annual value contract ever. Currently, that exists by Garrett Cole for the $36 million per year deal for nine years that he signed with the Yankees last year. Um, and then Steven Strasburg's at $35 million a year right around that time frame. Um, there's an article that was written about how, like, Bauer has a good argument for that. I think that Bauer would likely be able to do something along those lines if he sticks to his one-year contract type deal. But if he wants to go four or five years, I don't think he's going to get anything like that. Um mm -hmm. So you should just accept that. Um, yeah, I agree. I told you my I won't go into my rant, but he's like one one more news story away yeah, from we'll, being completely irrelevant we'll, for me. We'll put a pin in it. We'll keep an eye. We'll see what develops over the course of the next week. Because um, I think I think as we get closer to like now that there's like this lesson month left, I think yep. we'll we'll start. Especially if there's like the report that you read from Manfred, like, hey, anticipate spring training starting on time, anticipate there being a 162-game season. As that information starts to become more relevant, I think teams will find themselves like, okay, now we know this is what we're going to do. This is what we're looking at. This is what we're going to do. This is the money we have. This is where we're going to be. Um, Mets obviously made their big splash. They traded for Francisco Lindor, brought in Carlos Carrasco along with it. Um, I think it goes to show, like, uh, Cohen is trying to win now. They gave up amid Rosario um, in the deal, who's like the future shortstop, one of the Mets' best prospects. He had been really, really stellar for them the last year or two. So bringing in Lindor to replace that, I think that that screams that there will be a uh, extension in the talks. Apparently, is already in the works. No word on what that length is, but if we hear something the next week, we'll obviously cover that next week as well. So I read an article right before uh, we started um, that uh, I guess Lindor won't negotiate his contract during the season. So they either get something done before spring training starts or they have to wait. Right. Which uh, I, I, I think I read that as well. And I think that it'll happen before the season starts. I think yeah, the only yeah. way you were willing to make that deal with trading Rosario is if you had the full intention Good. of re-signing yeah. Lindor. Yeah, you knew of the roundabout ballpark that he was looking for, and you were willing to negotiate from there. You know, right. like, cool, I, we can definitely make something work as long as your side's willing to be on this on this team for a, a long time. We'll right. make this trade. Yep. Um, and that wouldn't surprise me if there was already conversation that happened with the Mets and Lindor before the deal was oh, made. Oh, whoa. No, that wouldn't happen. Oh, that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, like, thing like with Goldschmidt, that I – Hey, like yeah, we'll trade for you, but we wanna we we wanna make sure that you're interested, like you're open to the idea of extending a uh like extending your contract before you hit free agency. And he like, yeah, and they're like, 
okay, then then we'll agree to this deal. Yeah, like after it's come to terms. Like, hey, when it's like it's still pending, that's the shit that they're talking about. Um, it's the other one we talked about a little bit. Uh, the Nationals added Kyle Schwarber. Obviously, we don't know about the DH status, but assuming it isn't, they still needed an outfielder. It's probably an improvement from what they had defensively last year. It's definitely an offensive upgrade. But I'm curious at a one-year, $10 million deal, is that something that the Cardinals could have considered making to add a better bat to their outfield on a temporary fix at a relatively low cost for left-handed power bat? You can just hit me with a yes or no, and we can get more into it next week if you want to. Uh, yeah, I I think it's a uh, I think it's a eh, signing. Yeah, I I I agree. I think if there's a universal DH, it's a much better deal. Um, if there isn't, I think that it it's very meh for their team. Um, I think it helps. They need some stuff around Turner and Soto. I think Josh Bell will help a lot. Um, but I don't know that it's the. I don't think it makes them back in the mix for winning a championship because Kyle Schwarber is their left fielder now. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati's back in the rumor mill, this time trading away their bats. Um, so we've obviously, like, Bowers likely signing somewhere else. They traded away uh, Iglesias, uh, Rosal Iglesias, their closer. That was pretty dominant last year. Um, rumor mill's been all over the place that they're fielding offers for Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo. They're two other top pitchers uh, following Bauer from last year, but now they are also apparently listening to offers for uh, Castellanos, Mike Moustakis, and Eugenio Suarez. So they're three best hitters. Um, the only person they apparently aren't trying to trade right now is Joey Votto. <laughs> so... Hey, yeah. You're going to retire there. Yeah. Uh, but interesting names, because I, I think the Cardinals should have made a run at Castellano when he was a free agent. Um, I think he would be a really good uh, addition to the middle of our lineup um, and add some of that. Um, what we need, uh, we would probably never trade with Cincinnati because giving him part of our farm system would probably just murder us in the long run. <laughs> I also think the Cardinals should have been on the sweepstakes of, of, of Moustakis. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that he is... Even when he was in Kansas City, like the first round, not not even last year, but the first time he couldn't get a contract. I'm like, I, where are the Cardinals not signing him? Like, you kind of yeah, need a third baseman, a good third baseman. Like, he's not just like a uh, an, uh, third baseman. Like, he plays good baseball. He comes to the plate. Like, he plays good defense. Like, he's a major upgrade for your squad for like pennies on the dollar because nobody just seems to like him. Yeah. Um, and you watched him be really good in the NL Central for the last three years, yeah, playing with yeah, in Cincinnati. Yeah, so I, I those two names, like I, I really like those two names for the Cardinals. Um, just unfortunately, we'll probably end up not with either one of them yet again. So, right. unless we so, end up with like a three way three way trade or something. It's just interesting because I felt like Cincinnati was just like on the cusp of really making it happen, and their offense just disappeared in the postseason. Um, mm -hmm. And now, I, I don't know if it's covid related or whatever like mm -hmm. just revenue loss or whatnot that they're blowing up that roster seemingly um i don't know if they're trying to replenish and they just think that they don't quite have the pieces to get it done so they're like hey let's sell high when these guys are having success i'm not mad about it like i think it makes sense and it could be a good move as long as they're going to reinvest it but another side of me also worries that they're going to go like the side of you know pittsburgh and they're going to sell these guys relatively low and now they're going to be like in this 10-year rebuild that's seemingly never-ending. 
Um, but we'll see. Maybe nothing happens. Maybe they're just like, hey, we'll listen to to deal for everybody. Um, but you better come with the right price or we're not going to part ways. And it's not that we don't appreciate these guys. Like, we value them, but we want to do what's right for our franchise. Something along those lines. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, apparently, Dodgers have stated that they want Justin Turner as their first choice for third base. Um, obviously, if that were to happen, it would likely remove them from the DJ LeMahieu sweepstakes. Um, LeMahieu, it's apparently only been like three teams that have really been coveting him. Uh, the Mets and the Yankees and the Dodgers are the team he's con- they, that they've been constantly linked to. Um, I don't know if new players will emerge now that they're fielding offers from other teams. But uh, Dodgers seem to have LeMahieu not as their first. Uh, choice so could be good news for the Yankees um, San Diego in talks with the Tatis Jr. extension I know it's something we've talked about before um, hasn't happened yet but the only thing is that apparently the reports of the offer so I don't know if this means that Tatis Jr. has not accepted it yet or what the deal is but reports of that figure is that it is north of 300 million dollars um, mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened yet. So I don't know what he's waiting for. But... Imagine if you were paying two guys $300 million. Yeah. Uh, and then and then other teams being like, we're so broke because of COVID. Yeah. I, even... I'm saying, like, the Yankees should trade for him. They could use a shortstop. <laughs> Let's get Tatis Jr. up in this bitch. Well, um, apparently, could have had him, but, you know. Yeah, who, who knows, man. Um Cubs as well. More news from the NL Central. They're apparently listening to offers for Chris Bryant and uh, Wilson Contreras. Um, Bryant's been constantly linked with the Nationals and the Dodgers. Um, I think there's also the possibility that Bryant were to be interested in going to Philadelphia. Um, I think he's a free agent after 2021, so it would be like a rental deal. Um, But I think the Cubs are just starting over at this point, it seems like. Don't know how how competitive they'll be. Um, Red Sox seem to be following suit. Uh, They're in serious talks with dealing Andrew Benedendi, which was really like the one bright spot that they had in their lineup last year. Um, They have some other bats as well, but Benedendi's kind of been the consistent aspect there. So it looks like they might be in the midst of a rebuild, um, which will be interesting. Um, I think if that's the case and the Rays are seemingly recharging their batteries right now, it could make a very interesting opportunity if Toronto is able to land someone like bringing in a George Springer or like they land a Trevor Bauer, and it might just be the right time that they catch like lightning in a bottle and can win the East um, if the Yankees don't do anything with their pitching staff. Um, it, it could be very interesting. Um, just all these teams selling and team decides to buy at the right time. That's why I think the Royals could be dangerous um, if it weren't for the White Sox in their division. Uh, Cause I think they're adding just key pieces while everyone else is kind of getting worse and coming down to their level in the AL central. Um, but yeah, so Cincinnati, Chicago, Boston, all rebuilding. Um, apparently it's come out that George Springer's looking for like $175 million in total value contract. Um, no report on how many years he's looking for, so I don't know what the like the average value is. Um, 
but apparently like a lot of people expect Toronto to be more in on Springer um, now that Francisco Lindor went to the Mets. And with Lindor being there and uh, an extension probable, does that take them out of the running for Springer, which that was the other team highly linked to Springer other than Toronto. So if their biggest competitor is out and they're now more interested, Springer could end up in Toronto relatively soon. Um, And then, like we talked about earlier with the Mets and Nationals, could the Braves start to try to do more um, and become bigger players for Molina and or Wainwright or even going after like Real Muto to try to bolster their lineup? Their biggest weakness is definitely their catcher. Um, So as the Mets and Nationals get better, um, could the Braves try to steal some stuff there? Um, so we'll keep an eye on that because that may impact what the Cardinals do or what they have to pay Molina if Molina is going to field offers from other teams like LeMahieu is. Um, and then the last thing that I definitely want to get into, so we'll try to find more of a topic for it. It could be an in-depth conversation. It may not be because we may just end up being on the same page. Um, but there was a report that came out. I want to say over the weekend, it might've been the end of last week. Um, but I don't know if you've read anything about Bubba Harkins. Uh, no, I've not. Okay. So he got fired back in March from the angels organization uh, from the angels. Yeah. yeah, 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 he, yeah. he was like I the would... visiting clubhouse manager. And yeah, yeah, yeah. since that happened, he has become this giant whistleblower about doctored baseballs and this sticky solution that he created. That's like, some parts rosin, some parts pine tar, some parts something else that I forget what it is. It's like a super, it's like a variant of pine tar or whatever. I don't but, know the recipe, but you know, you take some baking sour and mix it with water. And... Yeah. Um, but the names that he is alleging could, could be a big deal. Um, yeah, you know why I remember this story? Because uh, the first name I saw that connected to the story was Garrett Cole. And I was about to be like, you're cheating ass boy. And then uh, and then Adam Wainwright was tied to it. I'm like, this can't be true. <laughs> so, it's, so it's interesting because the time frame with one that came up is so apparently like Troy Percival is who like gave everyone the connection of this. And when Percival was a closer in LA, that's when this guy start like came about or whatever. And then he became the visiting clubhouse manager there. And I think Percival signed, I think, I think Percival was in Detroit maybe. And then he signed with LA, but when he was in Detroit, that's when he like hooked up with this guy uh, through the visiting clubhouse or something, whatever weirdness. But basically like Verlander got uh, like Verlander's name got dropped and that Verlander, like, Essentially, this came up through Percival having a good relationship with Verlander, and that's where, like, the commonality happened, and it was, like, 2005. So, with him being the visiting clubhouse guy, so then in 2006, the Cardinals played the Tigers in the World Series, so this would have been when Wainwright would have been introduced, because that's when Wainwright was closing for the Cardinals in that time frame. And, you know, had like his nasty curveball, which he went on to continue to have. So I, I don't know if it would be relevant or not. But then also with Verlander being implemented, 
coal was also implemented and there was apparently text messages from 2019 about Cole asking about this solution uh, to help him out of a sticky situation and that's when Cole was with the Astros so now not only <laughs> were the Astros already found to be cheating with sign stealing but now two of their big starting pitchers are caught up in this doctored baseball scandal dude like that's the only thing that like makes me feel like there's some truth to this and then Scherzer's name got brought up, and that connection stays there that Verlander was involved. So he might be like the ringleader behind all this, because Scherzer obviously pitched in Detroit along with Verlander, and they were would have been visitors in L.A., and Harkins would have been there to deal with them, and this would have happened. But apparently it was like a lot of people did this at varying levels of success, but like the big names that were successful was like Cole, Verlander, Scherzer, Wainwright like the the big names that this guy dropped like totally helped them out totally did this stuff yeah i think i i just think it's when these type of stories come out i think it's just a a big uh, obvious glaring notion that baseball really has no clue and or they have a clue and they don't have an interest until the story breaks of what their players are doing and how they're doing it um i'm sorry and that or, and or they're willing to break the rules for some people and not all. Um, and a, a combination of all three of those things could be true. Yeah, and, and that's what it was. So uh, Harkins learned the recipe from Percival when he was a closer in L.A. Like Percival taught it to him and then it became this thing or whatever. I don't I don't know. Um, but apparently like um, – the MLB issued a memo in like February of 2020 saying that like, Hey, doctoring baseballs is going to be cracked down on. Like we're not doing it anymore. And then basically like Harkin's argument is like, he was then let go by the angels and was treated as like a scapegoat for all of this. And like MLB doing the same thing. So he's like trying to blow a whistle that like, Hey, I got fired unlawfully because this is something that had been in the game for years, decades and no one's ever said anything about it until MLB made this a big point on the heels of all of the science stealing shit. Um, and that that's why he has a problem with it. Um, so I, I've, I've seen people say that like increased grip, like it was there for more like safety precautions to like help give people a better feel for the ball. Um, that it really didn't improve their stuff. But if, you know, if through safety, if it's safer because you have more control, then doesn't yeah. that help your performance? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, if you have a better grip, doesn't that increase your spin rate? And that's what Trevor Bauer attested. Uh, like, all oh, the science behind spin rate is why he won a Cy Young this year. So, like, doctoring the baseball, obviously it helps your performance in that regard. Like, I get, like... Doctoring the baseball isn't going to allow you to throw, you know, 99 miles per hour again, but it might allow you to be able to throw 92 on the corners and could be a good reason for aging pitchers to continue to throw at Cy Young caliber level like Justin Verlander. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. Um, I just want to throw it out there because I want, I want to follow the story and see what happens. 
um, and start to see if I can figure out like anything. Cause like I could think of a handful of times where like guys have been ejected from the game and they've been fined. Like Severino had it happen. Um, the Kenny Rogers moment and the 06 world series with the Cardinals, the barbecue sauce on his hand. Um, like that, like nothing ever came of it. Like, yeah, like he just went and washed his hand in between innings and nothing happened because of it. So it's definitely been like this. Uh, like, I think Harkins is correct. Like it hasn't been this huge black eye, but I think in hindsight of the science dealing stuff, this is now like, I, I think this is more of sign stealing for pitchers rather than steroids for hitters. Like, I don't think it's quite to the level of steroids. I think it's more going to be along the lines of sign stealing. Um, and I think baseball's just going to be like, we're not going to investigate it, but we're done with it. So if you're doing it, knock it the fuck off. Hey, uh, it is they'll just put the onus on the ownership groups and the managers of the clubs like they did. <laughs> Uh, sign stealing and uh, you know if your team's caught doing it they'll just fire you yeah I just think it's it's great I just think it's great that like there is just now even more shrouded bullshit uh, among the the Astros franchise that was so great in 2017 18 and 19 like there was such a great team came on out of nowhere and now they're it, it just oh so not only were your were your hitters cheating but so were your pitchers. <laughs> cool. Hey, how do you come out of nowhere <laughs> all of a sudden? You know, <laughs> yeah. that that's why I think is great. I if Garrett Cole used it last year, I hope he stops because he let up a fuck ton of home runs. So please don't <laughs> do that anymore. Yeah, we get worse control because you're getting um, right in the middle every time. You know? But yeah, like I don't and and again like pitchers are able to use the rosin bags, so I don't know like. I don't know, like, what the substance is. I know they're not supposed to use pine tar. I don't know if there's, like, a limit. Like, you can't use pine tar at all. Or, like, if it's, like, 5% pine tar, you're fine. I don't really know what rosin is anyway. Like, I assume it's, like, chalk, but it doesn't really look like chalk um, with, like, the rosin bags that I've seen. So I'm not super familiar with it. I've never utilized it myself. Like, I just kind of rub some dirt or I'd lick my finger and then wipe my hand clean and it would help me have better grip on the ball. Um but I mean, I was pitching in like grade school and high school, so my spin rate and the grip didn't fucking matter. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes about of it. Um, as I, oh. I, I imagine that uh, that MLB you didn't get will get because it was bad, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that MLB will. I imagine there'll be some sort of quote-unquote investigation. Um, I don't know if it'll amount to anything. I, I don't think it'll be anything more than what they've done. Like, hey, we're done with this. Um, and that was like early, like before the 2020 season. And we didn't hear a big stink about it um, throughout the year. So it might just be done. Um, and I don't know why this guy waited until August to be like, Man, I got fired. <laughs> Man, I ran yeah. out of money. <laughs> and, it, and, yeah, and it just seems sleazy because, like, he like yeah. he turned in text messages. He had taken notes during phone calls. So it's like, I feel like he was just like, oh, I'm going to be the next guy. Like, I'm going to be the next thing whenever I get, whenever I get let go. 
Um, and like the tech, like the text messages that he had, like they, they showed like transcripts of the, with, with Cole and all Cole said was like, Hey, like we have, you know, we have, um, we start off the season in some cold weather areas. So like our uh, chaos, hoping you could help me out with this sticky situation. And then he's like the winky face emoji. It's like, we're starting off in some cold weather games and the stuff I used last time, um, um, and what you used last time, like what I got from you last time was great. The stuff I normally use, it tends to seize up in cold weather. So if, if, if you could hook me up. And so like, I don't, and I don't know to what extent of that it's illegal or that that means he doctored baseballs. Like I've never seen Cole with like shit all over his hand or like him excessively going to his cap. Like, so I'm sure that there's sneaky ways to use it but they try to look for that shit anyway and we get paid 36 million dollars a year throw it hiding that shit dude yeah and then if you if you look at it like if he utilized it in cold weather like his first couple starts for you know like in 2019 they sucked like i think he was like three and four um with like a like a like a north of four era to start the season in houston and then he turned it on like as the weather got warmer his numbers got significantly better um but then even this last year with the with the yankees like his first like seven starts were shit like they were pretty subpar for him but really on average to what he did in 2019 and then he settled in so like maybe it's just he takes some time and he doesn't have a feel for his pitches so like, I, I don't, like, is there anything there? Like, I don't think there's anything incriminating to that. Like, the only thing he had for Wainwright is that he said Wainwright's name. He said that a lot of guys from Detroit were involved. And in the time frame that he synced all of that up, Wainwright was playing against the Tigers in the World Series, where he apparently helped out with getting some stuff for those guys or some shit. So, it's like just other than some weird coincidences that like, Hey, I can tie this together because of one name. And this is another big name I can get, but we also find it really weird that you're helping the opposing teams pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and apparently that came out too, that like when it first, when the report first started, like a lot of players within the clubhouse, like the angels organization, were like calling him a traitor and shit like that. So then he also listed like a whole bunch of pitchers for the angels that he helped out. Um, but apparently like the angels were real hush hush about it, um, because of everything that happened with Tyler Skaggs. Cause obviously he OD'd and the rumors behind that are that like, he got the drugs got from like, from the clubhouse organ- yeah. like a, an employee of the organization, like got the drugs for him. So the angels were just like, Nope, we're going to just sweep all this under the rug. Cause we already look like assholes. Um, and that guy obviously no longer works for the Angels organization, and Harkins no longer works for him. But it's just like, you just, like, I get that there's, like, there's probably never a good time to do it, because you're either a whistleblower and everyone's going to hate you, or you just seem like a jaded bitch, and he just comes off as jaded, and it's like, oh, I got fired, and now I'm going to make a big deal out of all of this, because I'm unhappy. So I'm just going to try to get paid and settle out of court so that's what I'm going to do because why else would he hold on to all this stuff? Like, unless he was trying to incriminate some people and this was his get out of jail free card. Like, yep, you're going to pay me cause I got all this shit, you know, like it wouldn't surprise me if he went to like Cole and like, Hey, 
like you just signed three hundred million dollar deal. Let me get a couple million and I'll keep your name out of this. You know, Cole's probably like, I didn't do anything to you. Like, go fuck yourself. He's like, Garrett, Garrett Cole doctored his baseballs. So, you know, um, they've also were like real vocal. Like Verlander's been real vocal about um, how baseball has doctored the baseballs. Like MLB mm-hmm. has made changes. So, yeah, yeah so, so it'll be funny to see like what comes out of it. Like how much research are they going to be willing to admit like, what all are they going to share? It's like, did MLB actually do stuff to the baseballs? And so they can't really investigate because they're like, well, if we tell people what they did, then people will know what we did. And fuck that. So, who knows? Um, but I will be following very closely because I think it's very interesting. Um, and I just like being able to shit on the Astros. So, Fair. it's my new favorite thing. Now that the Red Sox are where they belong, the bottom of the AL. The Astros are the new target. It'd be great. Yeah. I would like to hate on the Rays, but I kind of can't. Like, I'm a fan of the way they go about playing the game, the moves they make. Just smart baseball from an executive standpoint. And they find success. It's frustrating. I wish the Yankees could have that level of success with minimal payroll and then be like, Boom! We're signing all these free agents. That would be great. I just want the the raised farm system. That's all. Fair to wish for. But yeah, so all of those things. This went way longer. I thought we weren't going to get into it at all, but I, like I said, I'm intrigued. So I uh, I talk about it a whole lot. Um, I've been reading everything I can on it over the weekend. Uh, it's very very intriguing. Um, you got anything else on your side as we're <laughs> nearing two and a half hours? No, I'm good. All right, cool, cool. Well, uh, it's almost 1 a.m. here on Tuesday. Um, so thanks for bearing in with me, Chris. Uh, we both have to work tomorrow, so that should be fun. Hmm. Uh, um, machines hard at work in the morning. Yeah, I, uh, have this posted here in a little bit. And so if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, um, Blues are back in action tomorrow, so hockey right around the corner, um, and then uh, that'll help us get through till baseball gets here. So should be good times. So yeah, thanks sure. for uh, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, stay cool. Peace.